Welcome, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Renegade Trade Investors Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Burgess, professional real estate investor, permaculture and urban farmer, curmudgeon, skeptic, and listing and now buyer's agent at Renegade Realty Group with Keller Williams. What is RDI? RDI is a local real estate investment and business group that meets monthly. Right now, it's at Shields and Southfield. And this group's about networking and doing deals. This ain't your grandma's Rhea, folks. Plenty of other places go be fucking bored to death. No guru bullshit from the front. No smell of stale coffee, been gay, and or disappointment. You know exactly what I'm talking about. RDI is also a podcast that you're listening to now where I sit down with interesting and successful business people getting shit done. And we pick their brain and we talk about it for your entertainment and hopefully education, maybe motivation too. And if you enjoyed this podcast, do me a favor. Go ahead and rate and review on iTunes especially. It really does help. doesn't take you very long to do. It's amazing how those small things really go a long way. If you're interested in attending any of the local meetings, go to renegadedetroit.com, meetup.com forward slash renegadedetroitinvestors or facebook.com forward slash Detroit Investment Club. You can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Jeremy Burgess. All right. Legal disclaimer. In no way, shape or form should anything that I and or my guests say be taken as legal and or investment advice. We highly recommend that before you make any investment decisions, you contact a lawyer <laughs> And or other licensed professionals, maybe also grow the fuck up and be an adult and don't sue any of us. All right, time for the Renegade Troy Investors Show Quote of the Week, where I pick a quote that sets a tone for the podcast and hopefully your week. And this is anonymous. I couldn't find out who actually said it. It's one of those internet ones. Start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. Start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. All right, no commie shit. Let me introduce you to my guests. I have three today. I got Mr. Jeff Lubeski. He started investing part-time in the summer of 2011 with a fix and flip in Howell. From that first flip, he learned that it's not good to have a next-door neighbor who owns seven large-ass dogs right next to your flip. He purchased his first rental later that year before he finished the flip. Since then, he's done about 25 flips and currently has 26 rental units. He is also the occasional private money lender when he's low on his own projects. And during the day... He still has a square job of 26 years. He's looking forward to the day. It's only a memory. Reach out to him at heartlandinvesting at gmail.com. Heartlandinvesting at gmail.com. You can hit him up on his mobile, 810-423-5103. It's all be in the show notes. Uh, got Mark Tomes here. He's a husband, father of six, flipper, buy and hold investor, and also the occasional wholesaler. By day, he's a buyer in electronics company. By night, he buys, fixes, flips, and rents real estate with his family. Uh, he sold his most energetic years for dollars per hour and started real estate business as a way to teach his children about entrepreneurship, self-reliance, financial responsibility, and making a bit of coin himself. His best return on investment has been the network. Making friends and money at the same time is really fun. His family purchased a horse farm September of 2018, which was a lifetime goal. And his future goals include more North Oaken County flips, getting into self-storage, and retiring. We still has a bit of time left to travel. Reach out to him, tomespropertygroup at gmail.com, 248-686-6837. This, again, will be in the show notes. And Mr. Eric Friday, father of two, born and raised in Detroit, Michigan, wholesaler, flipper, buy-and-hold investor, graduated from Henry Ford High School, Received a bachelor's degree from ITT Technical Institute. Worked multiple jobs while in and out of college. 
He started a career as an engineer in 2012 and started investing in Detroit real estate in 2015 to get out of the rat race and be able to spend more time with his family. On Facebook, he's Eric Friday. Hit him up on Instagram, Real Estate Friday. He's got a great website too, Detroit or DET Property Solutions, DET Property Solutions. You can email him at the same Eric at DET Property Solutions. Dot com. There we go. Did I set a record? Four minutes and 29 seconds. I don't know. It's about as fast as I can talk. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Yep, thank All you. right, so let's start so people can hear. This is Jeff Lebeski. Hello. There we go. This is Jeff, yes. That way we can recognize <laughs> right. the voices. Right. Mark. This is Mark. Mr. Eric. Yo, what up, though? There we go. So, because this is going to be this going to be fun, but we have a lot of people speaking, so I wanted to make sure everybody at least got the sound of the voices. Most people should know, but... 30% of people who listen aren't in Michigan, so I assume they've oh, yeah. never really heard us or seen us much except for on Facebook. Um, so this one I've been thinking about for a long time. You guys are some of my favorite people who still have some sort of square job routine going, uh, but you're also not just – that's all you're doing. You're doing lots of other stuff, which I really like. Uh, having run Renegade Detroit Investors for a long time, I get a lot of questions like, well, I got my job and my, when do I have time and how do I do it? And I'm afraid my boss will find out and you know all the questions. So I wanted to have a conversation with you guys about how you did it. I also asked, as you saw, the internets from the Metro Detroit Real Estate Investors Group, which if you're not a part of, you should definitely be unless you're an ass clown, then you could fuck off. We already got enough people trying to ruin that damn group. All right. But if you're not an ass clown, definitely the best group, I think, if you're interested in investing in Metro Detroit anyway, for that. It's an awesome group. So we asked them a bunch of questions. And they had a ton of questions. So do we want to start with one or do you guys have an idea kind of where you want to start? <clears throat> No. Feel free to start, start with something. Right, I'm going to go right. To add, yeah. I'm going to sing my responses. That way it'll set me apart from everybody else. <laughs> no, I think you should wrap it. Keeping the theme of the uh, Renegade Detroit Investor Experience, we prefer uh, violent-ass gangster rap over oh, here. here so there you go. Well, it's I'm obviously gonna, warm in here, too. Oh, man. I'm sweating like a whore in church. <laughs> I do not understand why this office is so hot. I'm about ready to take off my other shirt. The hat's off. The vest is off. I might have to whew. All right. So cool. Mr. Jeff Rabinowitz sent me secret questions. Oh, oh he boy. wanted me oh. to ask you guys. Oh, boy. So right. well actually let's start somewhere else. <laughs> Jeff, let's talk about what you've been doing at your job for the last twenty five. Because you have a job and you also have coaching that you do I too. Do. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about that. All right. So uh last twenty six years I worked for Ford Motor Company. I'm a degree to, my degree's engineering. I work in strategy, I've been doing that for the last six years. So it's uh, company strategy on, on the manufacturing side. Uh, it's interesting. And uh, I, as you mentioned, I also am a ins- coaching instructor with Dale Carnegie. So typically once a week I hold class for Dale Carnegie training. How long have you been doing that? Um, five years I've been doing that. How did you get started doing that? That's an interesting way to right. go from like four yeah. to like – I mean I like it, but how did you yeah. get started doing that? All right. So I took the class – Myself back in uh, early 2000s, like around 2002, they invited me to come back as a coach. So that's that's frequent. They'll invite class members to come back as a coach to help out in the class. 
um, at the time Ford Motor Company was holding the class. Now they stopped the class, so I never came back as a coach. And uh, then around 2010, early teens, uh, my neighbor who worked there said, hey, you know, you never came back as a coach. Why don't you come back as a coach? So I said, what the hell? I gave it a shot. I came back and I uh, got into the swing of things. And a couple of years later, they asked me if I would be interested in continuing on uh, and being trained as an instructor. And I thought it seemed pretty cool. So I did it. That is it's, pretty cool. It's a, yeah, it's a, a very re- rewarding class. So we'll talk like about it. it a little bit because yeah. I know most people know about Dale Carnegie, but 30% of the people who listen are actually ag- out of the country too. So they might not sure. have any clue yeah, right. what you're talking about. So, so, uh, a lot of people think of Dale Carnegie strictly as a class to help you in, with public speaking, but it actually helps you, and more than that, it helps you uh, reduce worry and stress in your life, helps you to stay a little better organized, and it also provides some good skills for dealing with people. So uh, as you as you know, there's a lot of people in this world that can be challenging to deal with, yes. and it helps you to deal with those people. Got it. And I know you enjoy doing it because you've been doing it for a long time and you yeah. got a lot of value from it personally. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But you, you do all this and you still had somehow managed to find time to do real estate I, investing too. I do. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, How many days, hours a night do you sleep? Do you get, do you get a good night's <laughs> sleep or just leverage everybody? Uh, as long as I'm not worrying about things, I'm, uh, I'm sleeping. But uh, I do leverage a lot of people. So, you know, I use um, resources to find my deals. You know, I use um, wholesalers to find my deals. I just don't have the, the time to do that. Uh, I've helped trying to, you know, help managing stuff. I, I pretty much manage my rentals. But, uh, you know, I have a few key people that I turn maintenance work over to, you know, to help manage that because I've got 26 rentals right now. So uh, without having a few key things in place, there's no way, no way in hell I could manage what I do. Cool. That's going to give everybody a better idea about the questions about to ask. So Mr. Tomes, let's talk about what, what you do with your time at work and how you kind of squeeze it in with your family and your horse farm too. I'd like to plead the fifth. <laughs> uh, my time at work varies greatly. Um, we, we have ups and downs. We're in the automotive industry, supplying for the automotive, uh, non-production Can parts. you tilt that mic a little closer, like straighter, like bend it? There you go. Gotcha. That's Forward. better. There Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so my time varies widely. I, I'm, I'm usually busy in some facet in the business. Uh, I Not only am I a purchaser, but you know, today I was a landscaper. Um, I fill time with other things as need be, but uh, my time at work... It's a desk job, so I, I have time to take a call if I need to, or if I you know if I'm looking for deals or managing a flip, I have time to do it there. Um, usually try not to do it so much, but uh, my job can get boring also. So it's good to fill that time with something that's more interesting uh, when I have the time. Um, Usually, my job used to be like a 60-hour-a-week, you know, 6 in the morning to 6 at night sometimes. So it's nice to have a little respite from that. Um, yeah, is my, it seasonal or is that is it just like in a dip right now or something? It, it's been seasonal and it fluctuates with, with the, the rest of the economy. Uh, I think right now, I don't know what the answer to that is necessarily. Uh, we should be busy. Who knows, right? But who knows, right? Who knows? Um, we also got a big ass horse farm, but your wife and your children 
Mostly your badass wife, by the yes. way. Yes, yes. I'm a, I'm Diana. the maintenance man there. Uh, do machinery maintenance when need be. And uh, yeah, get trucks stuck in the mud. Some, yeah, sometimes. sometimes I jump into the round pen after Diana gets kicked, <laughs> like last night. Ooh. And I don't know, pick her up because she fell. She fell or was kicked? Uh, she got kicked. We were planning on going to see a movie, and <sighs> I was just there watching her last few minutes, and then she got kicked. Is she okay? She is mostly okay. Oof, man, yeah, poor Diana. She, it, Sorry. It sucked. Right. See you, No Jay. hospital visit. All right. So and that then, was a plus, but also no movie. No movie. That does suck. Sorry, Diana. All right, and then we got Mr. Eric Friday here. Talk about uh, your job, your work, what you're doing, and how you're kind of squeezing in some real estate. Um, uh, I don't, yeah, I kind of plead the fifth, too, as far as how. Um, yeah, don't say anything that's going to get you in trouble. Yeah, um, I'm like Jeff and Mark. Um, we're, I'm in the automotive industry, and I'm I sit-down job. So I'm typically at a computer for work regardless, unless it's like a meeting. Um, rare, rarely do we go outside of the office. So it allows, and then in my job, we support production plants. So our job is to support the production. So typically there's only an issue or something like that's really, really major to be done if there's a production issue. So it kind of allows for a little bit of downtime in between the kind of, like say, like Mark said, take a phone call or uh, maybe schedule off time to go on an appointment or to lock a deal up, to check on a rehab, to answer a maintenance question. I have some free time in between the times that I'm not like prioritized to answer calls to the plant. So it sounds like you got very disciplined with a calendar, so to speak, and then just trying to make the most of what opportunities you have when you have them. I would say probably one of my best abilities is that I organize really well and I communicate and it's, I wouldn't be able to do it without my phone and my calendar and reminders. Yeah. So, yeah. That's one thing. Smartphones have changed everything. A lot of this would not be possible without smartphones. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it really, you really can't operate a whole business from your phone. Literally. I do 80% of my work from my, from my mobile device, either mostly my phone and also my tablet now. Yeah. And it's like 20% laptop now. So yeah. Yeah. Um, same. Yeah. And what do you say, Jeff, how many hours do you think you work a week altogether, everything involved? I'm like, oh my God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some weeks, uh, I, I, no doubt 80 to 100 hours, yeah, I think. that's about what I thought. Mr. Tomes? I, I don't know. I don't even want to try to calculate. <laughs> right. More than 40, would you say? Yeah. 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 More than 60. I get that yeah, question a lot, yeah. too. Like, uh, like <clears throat> it's fair or it's just going to happen, right? Eric? Oh, well, just in the terms of all facets of life, I'm definitely 12 days, at least 12 hours, 12, days, yeah. 12 hours, at yeah. least <laughs> every day. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yeah, for sure. Monday through Saturday at the minimum. I'm usually up five, six, and I'm definitely not shutting down before nine. Yeah. You hearing that, folks? Or I think uh, Gary V says, don't tell me about your nine to five. Tell me about your five to 12. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm setting up right. here is yep. the five to 12. Kind of thing, because if you think somebody else is going to do it for you, um, I think you're going to be very disappointed with uh, your results when it comes to that. All right, so I got some cool questions, and I got some ideas of stuff I want to ask, but 
Mr. Jeff Rabinowitz sent in some questions too, and he wanted me to surprise you with them. So I didn't share them ahead of time. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, of course. You got that right, right? Jeff likes to do that. And I'm going to start with Mark because that was the first one. Oh, boy. Um, Mark, have the ugly houses always been worth the extra work? And I'm going to throw in a couple two cents here. So I've sold several of Mark's properties, and he did kind of love the little two-bedroom weird basement funny layout and you've taken on some big projects, but that's the question from Mr. Jeff Rabinowitz. Have the ugly houses always been worth the extra work? I don't know because I've really <laughs> only done ugly houses. Uh, <laughs> like. Actually, we just listed today. My first non ugly house uh, was not in horrible condition, but I still ended up inside doing a lot of the work. Um, a lot of the clean out, but yeah, it was quite a bit easier than a few of the last ones were on me. Um, ugly houses will always be worth it. Whatever is available. Uh, I mean, if I don't have anything going and I do find something that's ugly and it may be ugly because of the way it looks or the way it's going to sell. Um, you know, if I, if I've got money and it's not doing anything, I would rather be working on a, a shitty project that maybe doesn't have the kind of returns I'd like to see than doing nothing. So for you, it's more about an opportunity cost. Absolutely. And I will say this, the shittier the work, the less competition you have to, right. right? So there is some, and so you think it's worth it to you to do it. Right. Okay. Would I rather not do it? Yeah. I'd much rather do pretty houses. All right. Wholesalers call Tomes. What's your number Tomes? 248-686-6837 Northwest Oakland County. Maybe some Livingston, maybe some Genesee. Sell this motherfucker an easy one so he doesn't have to work so damn hard, folks. <laughs> Cut him a deal. All right. That was from Jeff. Now, this is for Jeff, for Jeff. Did the misadventures you experienced on some of your rehabs, uh, parentheses, thefts, etc., cause you to change your strategies? If so, how long did it take to realize the new situations required strategies i have some insider information on this but i'll let you okay. uh yeah well um i do stuff in detroit so people might automatically think that that's the biggest problem my biggest theft to date was in howell though about fifteen thousand dollars of shit got stolen out of that house uh thankfully hopefully my contractor's not listening about fourteen thousand of that fifteen thousand was his stuff so um he learned a lesson not to leave his shit in the house. <laughs> and That's rough. Yeah. 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 But, um, did he have insurance or anything like he that? He did have insurance. Yeah. Okay. Good. He did. And he good. turned in all my stuff even with his insurance. So nice guy. Yeah. It was very nice. Yeah. <laughs> it worked nice out. Guy. Worked out okay for me. Um, so yeah. Uh, even in Detroit now and elsewhere, I put, um, security alarms on stuff now. And, um, you know, so I get calls sometimes from security companies because contractors show up, they forget what the code is or whatever, but, uh, I don't know. I, it's, it's helped. I haven't had a theft at those houses since I put security alarms on security alarms and sometimes cameras on the entire house. Or are you actually putting like GPS trackers on individual? I items? don't put the GPS oh. trackers on. I'm thinking of adding that as a, as another option. I put the security system on doors, on windows. Yeah. yeah. Is that a wireless or is that cellular? Uh, yeah, who do so you I go use? with? I like Simply Safe. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I really like them. Uh, I, I like it for a couple of reasons. It's pretty low cost to buy the equipment. Uh, 
for 25 bucks a month, you can control it from your phone. There's no contract, so you can cancel at the end, right? At the end of the month, if you're going to take it off, and a month later, you can add it back on. So I do like that. The cameras, you need to have, uh, what do you call it, Wi-Fi in the house. Oh, so, oh, the yeah, yeah. So I've done two different ways with Wi-Fi. I have a hotspot, which worked okay, not great. And I've added Comcast as well, you know, cable to the house. That's 35 bucks a month if you have it automatically taken out. So <clears throat> in a high-risk area, it, it's probably worth it. Oh, yeah. What were some of the things you tried before that? Uh, I got some more questions too, but did you try anything before that to kind of manage it that failed? Um, do you want to share that? If not, that's fine. I understand. I did not try anything, so uh, <laughs> I just got broken in several yeah. times. I'm like, this shit's got to stop. Because <laughs> yeah. I was part of some of that, and it was right. pretty gut-wrenching. Yeah, oh, yeah. I will say this. You and Todd Chun can take an ass-whooping better than anybody else I've seen <laughs> and get up and walk away like nothing ever right. happened. You guys have great attitudes about yeah. that. But I mean, I, I talk to the neighbors, and, hey, if you see something suspicious, let me know. And usually they'd say, you know, like after I'm there checking out the break, and they're like, yeah, I saw somebody there. It didn't look right. I'm like, you had my number. Why didn't you call? What's yeah. It's <laughs> so that doesn't cold. Work. That does not work. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, Whoa. that definitely does not work. Yeah. All right. Because, yeah, we've been a part of some stuff. And uh, you know what? Things don't always go right, do they? No, they Eric, do not always go right. Not, nope. Not, yeah. No. Sorry. It's always something. It's always, always something. Well, he says um, – he borrows and lends. Does he have a target level of reserves he keeps for possible personal projects? It's directed to you, Jeff. Um, well, this I, I tend to. Uh, so one of the benefits of my working is um, I've had pretty good availability of lending at low rates. So whether it be lines of credit or mortgages on the house, et cetera, it helps the personal job helps from that aspect. Uh, so I try and keep, you know, 50,000 ish available to, to be able to jump in so that at least I can come up with something. And I know a lot of people will feel comfortable then. Hey, he's got skin in the game and I can, I can easily make up the difference or whatever that project might be. Keep a little, keep a little powder dry. Yeah. Your war chest. Actually, that's one of the, I got introduced to the concept of a war chest a little late, unfortunately, in 2012. But uh, <laughs> it's a good idea to have a war chest just right. in case. So the 50000 might not all be you know, just cash, but it's um, – It's available to you, right? Very available, yeah. right, right. Well, you brought up a good point. Sometimes lenders want skin in the game, right? Like they'll give they you do, a lot right. of money, but right. maybe not all of it. Yeah. And having a war chest gives you gives you more opportunities. Okay. Um. How good does a deal for him to lend to others have to be to entice him to dip below? Jeff's setting you up here. Oh, to dip so you got below. so you got you got your war chest. You got your fifty grand war chest, right? But if a good enough deal comes along, is there a deal good enough that you would ever dip below that, or not? Are you just like super disciplined and you just never touch it, or what would the deal have to look like? Maybe he's trying to borrow money from you later. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> he might also be trying to lend. Ah, there you go. That's always a good possibility too. I know he likes you, so yeah. I have not dipped below my level, so I've always had stuff out there. I've gone to the reserve reserve before, 
Um, Wait a second. What's the reserve reserve? I like <laughs> so like the, the the final reserve reserve was lending against my four hundred one k. So ah. you know that that was like something I pretended didn't exist until I, I had to pretend it existed. So it's not the mayonnaise jar buried in the backyard, just yeah. stuffed with hundreds or gold so, doubloons or something. So I can say with confidence, if somebody were to approach me right now, I would be dipping below my reserves. It would have to be one heck of a good deal, I think. I like that you never have. That's a good yeah. question. I mean, I, I can't even I, – I don't know if I would do it for a 25% return, you know. Well, he had a follow-up question on that. There have been times when I, Jeff has right. loaned money to others and then borrowed I, from me for personal projects that came along within weeks after lending to others. Is it the relationships he has built with other investors that gives him the confidence that he will find funding when he needs it, the confidence and the quality of his deals? Question to you. Uh, is that the reason why I will do it? Is that what he's asking? No, like why – there have been times apparently with yeah. Jeff where you literally two weeks before I lent did. money to someone else and then you found a deal and you had to go borrow right. the money. So he's asking, is it the relationships he has built with other investors that gives you the confidence to do that? Or you'll be able to find the funding no matter what? Um, so that was kind of one of those situations I probably – I uh, had, you know, a little bit more than the fifty thousand, and um, I probably dipped into reserve reserve to make the other thing happen, right? So I borrowed, but then uh, was still able to lend some money out and stay within my my comfort zone, and it was it was a good deal. So, um, you know, it was just one of those situations where I've got some good relationships with some people. They've done some good deals for me in the past, and I did that. I will say I've had a recent. Uh, lesson though, loaning to somebody else. And uh, it was supposed to be short, supposed to be a really good return. And that person passed away. So that is why Oof. right now I probably would not dip into my reserve. I'm going to steal and deploy reserve reserve. I like that. My reserve reserve. Because <laughs> right. like, I'm just, I think that's funny. So that was it for, for Jeff's questions. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was going to ask you. Uh, so, Jeff, are you lending on? Deals like for purchase and rehab, or are you just purchase or just rehab, or how are you doing that? I am doing on um, on purchase and rehab, I guess. So I'm I'm right now just lending on short term stuff, not long term buy and hold type okay. lend loaning. So three to six months type. Yeah, deals? yeah, three to six for months purchase and rehab. Yeah. Do you have a all in or a? So say someone came to you with a deal, fifty thousand dollars to purchase, forty thousand dollars rehab. Are you looking to be? Is that something ninety grand all in that you're looking to do? Depend, looking? Depends on the deal and the yeah. that person gotcha. for me. Yeah, gotcha. I like that the deal and the person. Yeah, we'll talk about the deal later. What What, what are you looking for? Actually, let's. Uh, I'm going to open this question up to everybody. What are you looking for when you go to work with someone? I'll start with you, Jeff, just because he asked the question directly. But. When I go to work for someone, uh, somebody that has a good demeanor, somebody that's uh, open on communication, can't stand it when people you know, uh, ghost you on text messages or whatever, right? If, if you don't want to work with me again, pretend that when I, when I send you a message or something or try and get in touch with you that you're not going to, you know, don't answer. That's a good way to not work with me again in the future. So got to have good communication and good demeanor. And, uh, you know, that's a person that I feel like I can trust then. Okay. What about you, Mark? Uh, definitely demeanor. Um, actually, well, aside from Jeff Rabinowitz, I've, I've really only partnered with one other person and I'm in the middle of it now. Um, demeanor and reputation. 
I mean, this this deal was based pretty much on reputation alone that I I'm involved with, and so far it's worked out well. Um, that's that's all I know right now. I like that. I'm not exactly sure how to analyze like reputation analysis, but it does come up time and time again that I think people like you see the posts in the Metro Group where does anybody just do asset based lending? And whenever I see that, I'm just like, what are you fucking loser? Can you not do anything? You're like, can we only look at the asset, or are you such a piece of shit we can't look at you? Or do you have no value you bring personally? But you see those posts a lot. Right. It's never just the asset, is it? No, no, it's no. never just the asset. Unless you're going to sell it. I will tolerate a lot from someone if it's a good deal, if I can sell it to one of my clients or buy it myself. But for the lending or partnering part, they look right. at both. Well, that said, that Metro Detroit Group is a great place to learn what kind of person you'll be dealing with in the future as well. I mean, I've seen some names come across that I don't think I'd answer a phone call after seeing how they you know, handle themselves. I feel like Ron Swanson, every time they post one, I'm like, people can see you, you know? Can you <laughs> you realize there's 6,000 people in here, and now they all know you're a fucking whiny, crying-ass bitch, and you got thin skin, and you can't even type, and you're defensive, and you're a moron. Good job. That was a good thing about starting when I did in 2005 with no Facebook. I did a ton of stupid shit, but I had to do it one-on-one. One at a time, you know? <laughs> I couldn't just go into a group of 6,000 savages and ruin my reputation in five minutes on the <laughs> internet, you know? That is one, like, curveball that the internet's throwing in in this reputation management is it's way easier to get how good you're doing or how well you're doing or why everybody likes you, but it, the polar opposite is true, too. You can go make a mistake or do something with someone and tarnish your reputation. I mean, I have. Unfortunately, it's before Facebook blew up too big, but and then you're kind of burning thousands of people at one time. I don't think, especially these younger kids, think about that sometimes. What about you, Eric? Uh, so yeah, I mean, just to kind of echo everyone that everyone else, yeah, communication obviously is I'm really big on just because of that's how I operate. Um, I look at it and kind of base it off of if I feel it'll be easier to work with you versus someone else. Um, if you're going to make my job easier, I might be more likely to, and it's going to be like an honest, you know, transaction. I, I'll go with someone that's easier versus, you know, something that might be better for me for profit. Um, and then like, yeah, the reputation kind of plays a part, I would say. If you've worked with certain people, that might kind of get you in the door, or I might want to work with you because you've worked with someone else that I, have worked with or would like to work with. So that kind of plays a part. Um, but yeah, really just the type of person you are, if you can communicate, if you can be honest, um, and I know I can trust you, I mean, at least that opens the door. I'm still going to watch, watch you like a hawk though. Yeah. So, well, I know nobody asked me, but I'm going to do it because I've made all these fucking mistakes, right? Way before I even knew any of you guys, I have borrowed money from the wrong people. I have sold houses to the wrong people. I have partnered with the wrong people. I look at the asset. Second, now I look at the person first. I don't care now just to sell it or buy it, like to my client, different story. But like an actual, we're going to work together. I'm kind of extreme now, like never again. I made some really bad mistakes with that, especially back in the Urban Detroit wholesaler days on the partnership. So I figure I can survive one of those character flaws one time in my life where you fuck something up really big. But I don't think anybody's going to give you a a a third chance, right? So I take that reputation management and maybe if you fuck something up, like I have really bad and you're not thinking that way, you might want to get there. 
Some people will never forget or never forgive me for that. And that's fine. But if I did it a third time, I just don't think that's going to be the case. It'll be like, it's just people you don't know. And it's really hard to build a business with new people who don't know you all the time. It just, it just does not work. So that's my personal experience. And I know I'm a little extreme on it. All right. Now we've got some internet questions. All right. So I have to say, just because he posted it so many times, um, Garrett wants Mark Tomes to quit his fucking job. <laughs> Everyone tell Mark to quit this job that the jobs of that, the quits his job. I can't even read that. So there you go. Why don't you quit your job, Mark Tomes, from uh, from Mr. Garrett Stuckey? Why won't you quit your job? I, I actually, I had no idea he felt that way. <laughs> that's, that's strange. Sorry, I have a man called two people. I apologize, but I didn't want to cancel the podcast. So, <laughs> And we asked these questions on the Metro Detroit Real Estate Investors Group, too. And I'm going to do more of this. So if you want to ask some people some questions, that would be a good place to go to go look for it. All right, Eric. Jay Smith wants to know – well, actually, he's directing this at everybody, but specifically Eric. But I'm going to ask everybody. I want to know whether or not they like or love their jobs, and if not, why not go full time? Eric, uh, I, yeah, no, I don't. I wouldn't say I love it, um, but it's not a real demanding job, um, and I don't want to say it provides a sense of security because to get into that little debate on it's not secure. Um, but at this moment, with kids versus where I feel like I would prefer to be. Um, and then really the main thing is I've done it now because when, when you and I first started, it was like, dude, I got to get out of this job. I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm running around, I'm doing all this stuff. I'm trying to get deals done. And then as I start doing deals and now two flips with the job, it's like, well, I can kind of do it. So why not? So now my mindset is now I'm just going to use, I want to use the job to, um, expeditiously pay down debt. Um, so that when I do go full time, I can weather those peaks and valleys a lot better than if I didn't have it. So that's really the only um, reason now. Like I said, the job isn't bad, so why not just try to stockpile, get a bag of money, you know, prepare for this little correction that we're gonna. It's coming. We're gonna get, and um, also like with the the lending aspect of things, it kind of provides a. If I want to go conventional, I got a little bit better of a posture with them. So right now, it's just a little. Um, it's a little bit better, I would say, and it's not mandatory that I quit. You seem to have a better attitude about it because when, yeah, back in the day, you were like, I got to get out yes, of Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, you know, that's the, when you're, when you're first getting into the business and you, you got so much riding on it, you want that first deal and then you get the first deal and you realize, okay, this is repeatable. I can really start thinking about this and really, if I sacrifice this five years, I can set myself up for the next 30, 35, 40. That's, that's exactly right. Actually, I'm going to ask Jay's question in a different way because I was going to do this separately, but you did a perfect segue into it is there seems to be, and Garrett's one of them, and I'm going to criticize you a little bit, Garrett, but you know I love you. There seems to be this really negative connotation with a job from the entrepreneurial part, right? Oh, you got a job. It's almost like a form of, uh, you could be black, purple, white, have kids, fat, short, but if you have a job in the investor community, some will just kind of look at you or have that attitude. You know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, you got it. Oh, you're not full time. Right. You're not full time yet, Jeff. Eric, you're not full time. 
But frankly, if you can make that job do what you need it to do, why would you not use it to get what you want? And I think a perfect example of this is lending. Man, it's hard. You got to have two to three years, two according to Joe, three depending on where you're at as an entrepreneur of tax returns where you can have a W-2 job and change job in a month later, go out and get a conventional or an FHA loan or borrow from a hard money easier, easier. It just gives you more options. I think these people are maybe limiting themselves in their thinking if, and I say this is a big if, if you can make that job do what you want it to do, like a tool, right? Mm-hmm. So let's throw out, I'll just, just open this up to everybody. Let's start with, with what you guys consider the pros of having a job and what it does for you. We'll talk about all the negative stuff too, but it's not just negative. There are a lot of good things that you can do or additional things that even I can't do. I got lots of losses, unfortunately, that I get to write off. And last year was the first year I had to change my strategy because I want to borrow money now from these evil fucking banks and they're not going to lend it to me when I'm these losses on your, yeah. And I'm, I've done a great job of not paying taxes because I can write down my losses, but it also means my income looks like shit. Nobody's going to give me money. So there's that consideration, but let's open it up there and anybody can start. What would be the pros do you guys think of having a job? And it could be anything. Let's just get it all out there. Maybe we can destigmatize this or get people to think about it a little differently. I would definitely say like the 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 uh, the lending aspect of it. You definitely look better to a bank if you have a solid income and you haven't taken those losses. You can definitely get into that conventional game if you're trying to do uh, buy rehab, rent, all that refinance, all that stuff. I would say you look you're you're better postured for those people um, when you have a job. So that's one. You can you can definitely also string together lines of credit. You may not be able to get a hundred two hundred thousand dollar line of credit, but you can um, you can easily accumulate uh, a couple lines of credit to give you that much <clears throat> in relatively low rates. So you know versus a, a hard money lender, you know you're under ten percent easily f- for those loans. Yeah, that's way better than a hard money lender. Yeah, you're right? probably like on average, I'd probably say you know seven percent. Yeah, you can good. you can swing so cheaper like money, cheaper, cheaper easier money, right? Because right? you guys fit the mold what they're looking for, right. right? You know what they're looking for, you match it. Um, I've noticed too with private lenders, a lot of them like that you do have a job because especially you might be collectible. I hate to say it like that, right? I, uh, I was going to throw that out there. The very first time I partnered with Jeff Rabinowitz uh, on a deal and loaned money from him, uh, one of his reasoning, which he mentioned several times, is. Uh, and bottom line is you are collectible. Yeah. Right? So he was right. <laughs> he could that. fuck yeah. your life up exactly. pretty hardcore <laughs> right. if you decided not to pay him back. Yeah. So there's that reputation right. management at yeah, work. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. Don't Mine's stop. been mostly to to my real estate investing so far has been kind of up and down. You know, I, I mean, I'll have a deal going, then I'll have a, a lull between deals. Um, so it. it between my job fluctuations and my real estate fluctuations, they kind of even each other out. So I'm never, um, uh, I'm never financially in a lurch. You know, I, I found, especially with buy and hold investing, you know, you can, that 
little bit of money that I do have coming in helps it helps balance out the highs of work where you know bonuses are flowing or the lows where they're not and you know maybe I've got like now two projects going and I kind of need a job you know to survive for right now so it kind of helps even those fluctuations for me yeah I kind of think of it like multiple streams of income right you know I was also going to say I mean depending on your industry and you know where you sit in the company you might have direct access to lenders some of those people depending that's going to be a follow-up question depending on like i'm in the automotive industry if i get you know high enough up i'm in i'm talking to people that have five hundred thousand dollar jobs that might not be interested in stocks or they are but they're not getting the return they want i bring i present them you know something that is better for them in in terms of uh, their return so networking opportunity i imagine that works well and i've said this before i'm gonna say it again i never get tired of it because I see this happen all the time. If you're a piece of shit, it's shit at work and you're going around trying to do real estate and borrow money, nobody's going to give you the fucking money. But if you're kicking ass at work and then you start kicking ass somewhere else, people will talk to you about it. Oh, yeah. Right? Like oh, it, yeah. It's going to come up in conversation because they know how good you are at work. And then they see you doing this other real estate thing and then they see it in the news and then they get the article and then maybe they're trying to buy a house and they see how hard it is to buy a house in this competitive market. Or, or if you go back 10 years, all the houses on sale and you're doing a kick-ass job that if you're kicking ass at work, it could be a lead source for private money, right? Like, don't that don't answer, Jeff. It'll get you in trouble. But have you been able to uh, <clears throat> milk uh, your your network there for a little bit of private money or deals or anything you know, like oddly that? Oddly enough, I've, gotten, I've not got any private money from anyone that I work with in the office. Uh, it definitely comes up in conversation a lot. People are interested in, you know, learning more about what I do and things like that. Um, but the private money has not come up. So if it is maybe just that I didn't steer it in the right direction, I don't know, but, um, it's, you know, people are definitely interested. I, I get lots of questions about, you know, buying a house and, um, things along that line. Just how much did you make? Just nobody. Yeah. Yeah. How much did you make? How did a that lot. work for you? Right. I'd like to get in that someday and I'm going to talk to you more in the future. So, you know, there's a lot of seeds out there, but nothing's uh, actually come through. Hmm. That's interesting. What about you, Tom's? No, I don't no. think there's anybody at the company that I work for that is in that position. What about through the network of it? Maybe second, third, maybe no, uh, no, I've had the kind of the same as Jeff. You know, I've talked to a lot of people about getting into it. Finger quotes, you know, yeah. when's a good time. Ah, uh, the, the market's too hot, can't do it. Oh, yeah, those um, people. Yeah, or, you know, conversations about so-and-so's mortgage. And I always wondered, do they have, like, some crystal ball where they see the future that they're so certain that now's not a good time? Right. Like, the more I do this, the more I realize how fucking little I really know about what's really going on, right? Really We're all kind of just holding on to whatever else happens, and we're just trying to interpret it. Like, uh, you know the Greeks, when they drink that, that their shitty coffee that they boil, and they try and read the, the coffee grounds at the end? Sometimes when I'm doing this, I'm like... Is this what I'm doing? Like, I don't know. I'm trying to look at information. I'm trying to interpret what's really happening, but I realize I have a lot less control and I don't know as much as I, I know about it. I, I don't think the best time to start is now. What Always. You, just start. Yeah, yep. for sure. What the fuck? Just or start. Like they say, what, five years ago? Right. 15, 20 years ago? Right. Yeah, best time to plant a tree. Yeah. Next best is, is right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, I also think probably, do you, do you guys have, Health insurance, retirement, you get a little health bit. Health insurance, retirement. I'm yeah, I was going to mention the health insurance, but I, I 
I know it's obviously, I mean, you know, um, I think it is less when you have the job. Yeah. And that's one of the, that's been kind of the biggest, one of the biggest things for me is that, yeah, I mean, my health insurance compared is relatively inexpensive. So, yeah. And then like Jeff, you have that access if you're contributing to your 401 and you, for whatever reason, you aren't touching it. You have that as a reserve reserve to go in if you need, you know, you need it. I look forward to the day when I leave and I take that 401 and roll it into a self-directed yeah. IRA. Yeah. <laughs> My mouth waters every time I think about that. <laughs> Something to look forward to. All right. I think unless you guys – I'm going to come back to something. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, and to go back to the original question on why not, I mean, right now I have the choice. If I had to choose, I just guess. At we see where you're at yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's one of the biggest things now. You're telling me choose. you would roll the dice and maybe. If I, I had know. to choose. Maybe. Know. All right. What about you, Tom's? What if you had to choose? Oh, if I had to choose? Put a gun in your head. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm quitting my job. Oh, he'd be direct about it. Yeah. Jeff, you're going to be indirect? I'm not going to be indirect. I would uh, choose the real estate over the See? over the job. Yeah. I'm in a tough spot. You know, uh, 30 years, I can retire. So it would suck. But, you know, that would <laughs> that's what I would do. Yeah. How I much longer do you have? Not many. Not many. Yeah. yeah not much. Yeah. At that point, it's... Why not? I mean, I hate to. Yeah, right. I'm not pro job necessarily. I'm not anti job either, but there there are sunk costs, right? You get so far into a system that to to yank yourself out of it unnecessarily would penalize you in it a way. Would, right? Yeah, yeah. And then the job ends. Real estate, you can do that at eighty. Right. Right. You know, so it, it's it's a no brainer if you got to choose choose the one that's going to it can last you your life span versus the job you you're not going to be able to work your job up until you well i guess you could but Maybe. probably don't want to no at least you could invest passively and not have to you know and that, that job's not as secure as you think yeah no it's not right it's not, and that's why i didn't want to yeah. say that it's, it's not it is a multiple stream of income kind it's of a multiple stream yeah, yeah for sure hey, okay let's just ask this has your job saved your ass on your fucking real estate project before um, recently I would say, yeah, yeah. I've, I've so, had a few shitty things, including so it's that an insurance guy dying, policy right? too, to a certain <laughs> right. extent, right? Like, so when you don't have a job, you, it's kind of like acrobatics at the circus without a fucking net, right? Yeah. <laughs> you fall, if you, if you go too high and I know, cause I've done this, it's a long ass drop to the bottom with a fucking splat at the end, having a decent job that you can make work in your business is a softer place to fall. Not that I want you to use that as an excuse to not do shit, you fucks. All right. I'm just pointing out it's not bad you have your job necessarily if it works for you. Well, I think you guys answered the uh, why not pretty well. I'd like to add something else. I really think Garrett should get a job. <laughs> All right, everybody, Come on, go Garrett. to Garrett Stuckey's page or go on Metro Group. And when you hear this, I want everybody to do this. Go Garrett Stuckey uh, and do hashtag um, RDI said get a job. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if we can't return the favor. All right, Jay. I hope that answered your question and potentially everybody else's questions. All right. And what tools do you use to save new contacts? Do you have a communication plan for staying in contact with 
your network? What tools do they use to track leads? And this is from Mr. Jamal Adams. How are you doing, sir? Thank you for the question. Anybody can jump in. Let's just start with what tools do you use to save new contacts? Uh, my phone and Podio. What phone do you have? iPhone X. So you just use the contacts yeah. app? Yep. And just boom, add them. I'm, that's honestly, like I said, that's my lifeline, my phone. Yep. As soon as I get a new contact, especially if it's a seller lead, name, address, last name. So I know if they call, if they don't answer when I call, I know who's calling me back. So I know because typically I want to answer the phone regardless, but at least I know who it is that's calling back. If I don't get them the first time, so my you phone answer when I here. call. Oh, never mind. I didn't know you didn't. I appreciate that. Now, yeah. well, you got. I mean, you're in my phone, but yeah, regardless, <laughs> yeah, that's nice. I didn't know. I didn't know you almost. You did. You didn't. Uh, you didn't answer that. You, you guys have ever watched Full Metal Jacket? That movie, Stanley yeah, oh, yeah. Kubrick. Yeah, it's been a while, but yeah. this is my rifle. There are many like it, but this one is mine. That's how I feel about smartphones yeah. now. Like this is literally my weapon. It's my pen. My camera, my my database, my my CRM, everything, yeah. right? Scanner. Fucking scanner, yeah. everything. The text contact. I talk with people from Israel, all over the world. Do like is amazing how much it has changed since I started. To go almost all computer and paper, to almost no computer, almost all phone, tablet, and just some laptop. So. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I, I recommend. And this is the first thing I did when I started working for Steve Lundo and I didn't have shit for money. I had a shit smartphone. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. The first thing I did, I watched Steve and I saw what he could do with his iPhone. Hmm. And I looked at my piece of shit and I go, yeah, that's not going to get it done. <laughs> so I saved, I scrunched. And when I finally got enough money, that was the first thing I did. I went and bought myself an iPhone 6S. And I was blown away. I'm sure there's some Samsung or Android equivalent too, but yeah, I prefer I the Apple. Yeah, yeah. Apple was just so seamless. It's me. too reliable. It, and I spent, and this one was $1,200, iPhone 10. I always get the best one, always do all the space, mm -hmm. all that. And it's just, this thing has never let me down. It's as important. It'd be like if you're going to war with some fucking shitty Romanian gun, you know, it, this is, <laughs> this is your financial life. It, to a certain extent, I don't know. For me, that was my 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 first investment. So, how do you guys save your contacts? For me, uh, you know, I don't do wholesaling, so I don't have buyers lists and things like that. Everything's hundred percent on my phone. Yep. I, I get a contact, I save it. What's this person do? He's electrician, plumber, wholesaler, realtor. I mean, you name it. I save them. Um, a keyword, and you know that it's all on my phone. Do you guys have that backed up? Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm yeah. 200 gigs in iCloud. Every that's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's there. What phone do you have, Jeff? I have uh, the iPhone X as well. Yeah, that's right. All right, Tomes, what do you do? XS, I, I think. Uh, same deal. I I I also don't do wholesale, so I don't have uh, buyers calling me or sellers rather. Um, so I, I save contacts the same way in my iPhone 8. I don't have the X uh, because I like the button. But anyways, uh, also Facebook. Uh, I use Messenger a lot. If if I see somebody in the group in one of the Facebook groups that I belong to, I uh, reached out via Messenger. Um, and then networking also. Facebook has been pretty big for that, and face to face, you know, meeting people at the meetups. Um, those are my tools right now. That and you know, trying to do the right thing. I do. You know what? 
That's a good point. I use Facebook Messenger almost as much as I text. I text a lot. So, yeah, that is a that is a good tool. Um, when I – I've used lots of CRMs. Um, I used Zoho with Steve and that worked. I used Podio with some guys and that worked. For me, I don't know, trying to, to describe the brain of Jeremy. Like when I decide to start something, I'm already mad I haven't even started it. So if I got to click around too much in a CRM, I start to lose my shit. I'm getting a little better as I get older, but it's like three or four clicks and a cocksucking fucking thing, right? So if you're like that, follow-up boss worked for me. And I don't really use it that much anymore because it doesn't work. I know it's kind of designed for realtors. It doesn't work as well for realtors as I think it works for wholesalers, frankly, um, for contact management. But it's super simple. So if you're just not one of those people... I found that um, that worked as well. Do you guys have a communication plan for staying in contact with your network? It's like a, so my vision or my plan is to automate everything, be able to put people on drips, um, send texts, email, um, phone calls through a VA. But right now I'm I sit in all those seats. So Podio, it's on my calendar. Call them. That's right. Calendar. That's another good point. My calendar tells me everything I'm going to do. Everything goes in the calendar. Everything gets a reminder. That way my phone gives me the reminder. So I can't forget. I can't how many times that tell you how many times that saved my ass from forgetting about something or not being somewhere. So using the calendar, you guys have a communication plan. Yeah, I guess you're not uh, probably not so much what you guys yeah, do. Yeah, not so much for me. I mean, I I, I like to get to networking things, meet people and uh, stay in touch on, you know, what's going on with me, but that's that's really only my my only communication and then calendar is key for oh, me so though, what too. about contractors? Pardon? When you're when you're doing rehabs, contractors. Yeah. You just kind of reach out when you need to type of basis. Yeah, I wish I had more contractors. Oh, uh, oh, you don't <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What tools, I'll ask Eric, because I just want to be more direct. What tools do you use to track leads? I'm guessing Podio, right? Yep. How do you track the leads? Let's talk about it. So I track them based off the status, whether they're active, meaning I'm actively working them, haven't agreed on anything. Under contract means I actually have them under contract, ready to either buy and flip or wholesale out. Um, And then dead, meaning that they're no longer, I'm no longer following up. It's a complete loss at this point. Um, and then close would be deals that have actually made it to closing. Um, and then I track everything from the marketing source to the person who bought it, um, to the, uh, profit on the deal to the days that it took to close it. And that's all in Podio. I use CTE, which is a realtor, it's a funny spreadsheet. It's something I learned when I was on the Delia group, but I actually don't do the tracking. Kelly and Carolyn. Kelly's my transaction coordinator. Hey, Kelly. And Carolyn is like the all-seeing eye in the sky, keeping us all on track, which, by the way, I want to talk about that a little bit. There are a lot of things I'm good at. Fucking savage negotiator. I'll tear somebody's guts out. I'll win. You, you get between me and a paycheck. I'll win. I'm good at that stuff, right? I am not great in managing processes. Fortunately, Carolyn is amazing at it. And Kelly doesn't have time necessarily to do it all because she's got to get contracts out, do all that stuff, answer all the questions, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I hired Carolyn to come in and audit us every month. 
and she takes 15% of our files and she CC'd on every email and she has access to everything. And she goes through and she goes through brevity, which is what we use for our task project management, mm-hmm. right? Which keeps us on track. Oh, we got a new listing. Here's everything we need to do. We got a new buyer. Here's everything we need to do. We're under contract. Here's everything we need to do. This is the greatest thing I learned from the DLA group. I suck at all that. And not only do I suck at it, it pisses me off. Like when I'm trying to get somebody to closing or they're trying, it's like, how fucking hard is it to know your schedule? You know what? Kelly's infinitely patient. Nobody gets mad at her when she's trying to like, they'd be mad at me. I know I've ruined relations. Like what the fuck? How hard is it to do? You know? And then you're like, you're that asshole. You can hire the stuff out that you're bad at to someone if you're making enough money and they will do it a thousand times better than you. So I use CTE. I use Brevity. We're kind of going back and forth. You can do CRM in Brevity, but we use it just as like a project management tool. And I would say I'm heavy email and calendar. You can do a lot of organizing with tags. I use a lot of tags in Gmail for property addresses Mm -hmm. and for my clients. Um, And then calendar. Everything goes in the calendar because the downside to Kelly doing everything is I don't necessarily see it all happening. But if it all goes in the calendar and it's all in the email, I can go back and search specifically the calendar. I look like a genius. I just go in there and look, oh, yeah, here's what it is. But really, it was just me going and and taking a look. And CTE is how we track our business overall where we can project into the future. Every deal goes in there when it's active, pending, sold. We, we can also match what our goals are and the months. So you can kind of see the line. You can see where it's going. If you've got multiple offers in on one thing, instead of trying to just start, it hasn't been a problem the last couple months, but before you get 12, 14 offers, wait, which one going through your email could be a bitch about that. She puts all of that in there so I can go see it in one click. I can see if I'm on track for the year and that's not fun. I can't do it. But I can pay Kelly to do it, and she does a fucking great job. And if she misses something, Carolyn, the all-seeing eye in the sky, will come back and clean up my mess. So that's kind of how I manage it, kind of just uh, buttressing my weaknesses with people who are way, way, way better at it than I do. So um, I hope, Jamal, that answered your question. I think it did. You guys have anything else to add? Yep. All right. For the flippers, and this is from, I'm sorry, I hope I don't screw up your name. Uh, it's either Rachel or Rochelle. Scheltz. For the flippers, how often do you check in on the progress with your contractors? Also, how do you prefer to use multiple companies? Or also, do you prefer to use multiple companies or just one contractor who may or may not have to outsource? And you're all rehabbers. So that's a great question. Like we can really probably talk about this for a long oh, yeah. time. So especially failed ways of doing it to better ways. I don't know. We'll get, we'll get like a <laughs> Eric smiling over here. Yeah. There's a lot of failure in this, right? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, somebody start. I'll go first if you want. Um, I, if I have a good contract, a good guy that can manage and do a lot of it, I feel very comfortable I've had a few in the past I've worked with. Um, they've done a fantastic job managing it. They farm out what they can't do, but they've managed the whole thing. Uh, they, they've been worth it for whatever extra I might have paid them. Uh, it means I check in a lot less frequently. I know they do a kick-ass job, and I know they deliver me a nice house. 
Uh, it's a lot better than trying to find people and coordinate it. That's going to drive a lot more time. Um, but I've also had, uh, unfortunately, you know, one person manage it that sucked. And then you have to follow up more and then you have to bring in other people to fix the shit they didn't do right. Um, so that kind of sucks too. That so sucks always. Find a good yeah. contractor that can manage it. That's, that's really, uh, in when you're working full time and you got other stuff going on as well as, uh, that flip or maybe you have more than one flip, you know, that's really uh, a godsend to have somebody that can manage that well for you. So in this case, it, it, what you're talking about is your contractor would be your Carolyn or Kelly, right? That is your, if you can get that one, it's worth paying. Oh, yeah. Because it saves you a ton of time and aggravation. And you brought up an excellent point. This happens a lot. I've seen it happen a lot with my investors. I'm thinking of like six in particular right now. The redoing of the work. Yeah. Like that's when you, when sometimes when you're trying to do it too cheap or you're trying to sub everything out, you end up redoing things. And did you really save that money at that point in time? So I always like to throw that one out there. Boy, that sure worked out right. Saved a lot of money, huh? Here we are doing the kitchen again, you know? <laughs> right. How'd that fucking work out, you know? Sucks, doesn't it? Yeah. I have one and we get, we've done it three times, if you can even believe that kind of thing. They're getting it now, but slow, slow, slow learner sometimes. Yeah. Uh, just real quick with your share, I, I had a guy. He was referred to out of the, um, out of the Metro Detroit real estate, you know, the, the Facebook. <clears throat> they managed, it was a tough, tough rehab. And, um, they managed the whole thing for me. And I was told they weren't the cheapest, but you know, they'll do a good job. And I tell you, I set a budget with them. They managed that thing super, super well. It was my biggest flip I ever did profit wise. And, uh, they did an outstanding job. So you got the best of both worlds on that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, don't and, even say their name. Don't and, even do right, that. And that was a that was a stressful flip when I when I got in there and I realized all the stuff that had to be done. I thought, oh my god, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, they they did a great job. Uh, I've gone between doing my own work, and I, at one point I had a guy that a friend of mine who would manage and do all the work himself. Or I've subcontracted. Um, I've really never hired a GC per se. Um, and as far as how often I go to my flips, it depends on who's doing the work. Uh, the last or one of the first guys that I had that I worked with, I didn't have to go at all. He would show me pictures. He would communicate. We'd talk when he needed a check and I knew everything was going great just because I knew him very well. Um, on the other ones that I do myself, I'm there five days a week, maybe, you know, maybe seven, maybe four. Um, I, I would like to check in once a week, probably with anything that I do. And everything I do is pretty local. I try to stay within a half hour of my, of my house. Um, so I can get there if I need to. Mr. Friday. Uh, I go, I mean, I definitely at least once a week. Um, the last two that I did, I was there two, three, four times a week sometimes. Um, I definitely, like the last one, I subbed out everything. So I was in charge of every single different contract. I didn't have just one person doing hardly anything. So I was, I can say, always there. Um, my most recent one, I hired a GC, and I'm hoping to get, you know, the results that Jeff got. Whereas, I mean, he and I, we had already worked prior to then. Um, and I like how we communicate and, you know, things got done. Um, so I'm, 
I'm just once the outcome, I'll have a better idea to say whether GC is more beneficial. Right now, I feel like it, it is because, like I say, he does manage the majority of the contractors, and I only have to deal with him, um, which makes it a lot easier than dealing with six, seven, eight people. And I still, I still check the house though at least once a week. Just use your calendar for a reminder, guys. Or yep. Do you guys have any system you use, or just calendar? It's Podio for me. <laughs> Podio, yeah. <laughs> and it goes. To my I calendar. use my work calendar because my work calendar. I can add stuff to that, but I can't add work calendar to anything else. So, uh, yeah. So I'm pretty much tied to that until I leave work. I love my calendar. My calendar tells me everything to do. Yeah, Podio oh, yeah. syncs with my calendar, so that makes it a lot easier. Does it sync with, like, uh, work calendar? You can – what do you have, Outlook? Yeah. You can sync it with pretty much any of the, the calendar providers. It would be your job that would probably – Limit that of anything. Yeah, because that's they the problem. They, they got you got to have access. To right, it, so they got got to be able access to issues. Right. Yeah, the dealer group did it for me, but I don't think we had any security issues. You guys are probably Jeff, probably worried about oh, stealing your secrets or some shit like that. Yeah, right? probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, I know. I know this auto industry is way more competitive than people really know. And there's a lot of that kind of shit going back and forth. So they get they have something different, but I also feel a little weird going to them and saying, "I'd like to better sync my." That would be strange. Real estate calendar, you know, can I have access, you know, yeah. Probably, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's probably the wrong question to ask. Like, wait a second. The next cut, he's first on the fucking wolf star. Right? right, right. Ask me about his personal calendar. All right. So we got a, we got a little bit of everything. We got some outsourcing. We got, I guess you got to do what you got to do is really what it comes down to. There's what you, you want. Your baby. Yeah. And then there's what you can get. All right. We got one from Scott Krager. How do they decide which ones to keep and which ones to flip? Well, I know with me, with the wholesale stuff, um, you're you're probably the reason why I'm I choose what I choose. Because, um, like when I first started, I was like, I want to flip. It was never just about wholesale. I want to buy and flip. I want to buy and flip. And you would always say, Yeah, just wait for the right one. Wait, wait for the right one. Um, and in getting that, I guess it's knowing what's the quote-unquote right one. Um, but for me, it's I have a, a, a target ARV of over $150,000 um, in Detroit, at least. Um, so that it has to come somewhat be in that range. Um, if it's lower, the price point of what the seller is asking would have to be um, comparable to justify and i think basically what we were how, when when jeremy and i first started it was like if i can't make at least double on this flip it's no reason even yeah. doing it um it's not worth just wholesale it yeah, yeah just wholesale it why why would why would you yeah yeah so that's really what it comes down to is it worth the headache for the more the bigger profit yeah because you're gonna fuck your life up with a yeah. flip oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah yeah it's yeah. just easier to wholesale and throw more meat in the machine if you're gonna fuck your life up you better get paid you know yeah that's basically that's what you're doing if you're rehabbing. By the way, is you're fucking your life up for sixty to ninety days. <laughs> if you're lucky, sure. and right. if you're unlucky, if you're right. it might be up to 180 days, oh, yeah. you know, or more, or more. Yeah. So get paid. Make sure you can get paid for that. I also like to throw in a profit, and it's different for everybody, right? Have enough profit that you can make mistakes or be fucked or be wrong yeah. or whatever that. You can still have enough money that you're not too pissed at yourself. I can't tell you how many deals I did where it was like one grand or 1500 or even I lost money or like five grand. I was like, why the fuck did I do that? 
that was terrible. I did all this work. I should just wholesale the damn thing. You know, I got a really bad taste in my mouth like that. Um, what about you guys? How do you guys uh, decide what you're going to keep and which ones you're going to flip? For for me, it, um, it's I usually decide up front. This is going to be a flip. This is going to be uh, wholesale, and so a lot of it will depend on the house. If it's if it's an ugly house, it's going to be uh, I'm going to keep it, even though I try not to even keep ugly houses. <laughs> Because eventually one day you want to sell that ugly house. Yeah. Um, but you know if it's if it's uh, in a you know good price and it's on a crawl and it's a three bedroom, uh, that's going to be a rental, right? If it's gonna if it's a nice ranch three bedroom, you know one bath maybe room for a second bath and it's on a basement and it's got a garage and it's a decent area, I'm like eh, that's a flip, right? So <clears throat> you can just you can look up front and see uh, if if it's something you make a good profit on, I'm going to flip it. Otherwise, I'm going to keep it and turn it into a rental. Okay, so you're kind of actually looking at the house and the market at the same time to make the decision. Well, when right I say there. market, yeah, the area that it's yeah. in, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I usually going go into all the deals that I flip that I've gotten with the expectation that it could be either. Um, ah, so you go hybrid? That's interesting. I do. I, okay. I go hybrid. This actually. This is why I love doing this. We get so many different variations on how people do it. You know, there's only one, this one that we're selling now. The two that we have in process now, I would never think of having for rentals. Um, it usually just ends up being what's the value? I, I don't necessarily want to hold on to something that's over a hundred thousand dollars that I'm only going to make. Maybe I'm only going to make eleven hundred dollars in rent. Um, I'm, I have a point where things really make sense as a as a uh, as a rental. You know how many how many hundred dollars am I going to receive a month versus how you know my my how much am I leveraged for? Um, I, but again, yeah, it's kind of a hybrid. I'll go into it looking like okay, if shit goes south, what is this going to rent for? You know, do I still am I still comfortable with? the return the you know the monthly cash flow um but mostly i i just yeah the ugly shitty small ones that have decent rent those are the those are the rentals uh the ones that are more marketable kind of marketable kind of like jeff does you know if it's got a basement a garage three bedrooms two baths it's it's gonna go for sale and i've done the other where i've had a rental held it for two years the market got hot and i thought okay now's the time to sell it so it was both simultaneously yeah you do like weird basements too yeah (laughs) (laughs) tom's likes weird basements whatever i gotta do yeah hey man you made you you turned you turned uh what do you call it turn coal in the diamonds when you do you do that you made some decent money doing that too we've had some challenges as well absolutely um but i think you still made pretty decent money on all of them you know i think we had one we had to sell fucking twice or three yeah no that one i did really well on that one i i held for two years it didn't make it didn't make great tax sense for me to do it, but from my standpoint of keeping some cash on hand and you know the amount of profit that I made off the flip and the fact that I held it for two years and made you know whatever I made no capital gains anyway flow. at least right uh no I got capital gains on that two years yeah that was I didn't one year live in it. oh yeah that's right yeah that was for, yeah. All right, that's, man, that's that's pretty cool. I like I like how you guys were looking at it. Do you have a a profit number you're looking for on a flip, or is it a percentage, or how are you guys kind of approaching that? How I'm doing it in Detroit, yeah, I'm typically trying to see profit at fifty thousand. 
to account for all the mistakes that are going to occur throughout the, the rehab process. Insurance, right? Yep. And then it being Detroit, I mean, just never know. That's a good point too. Um, don't make a plan for how you think the world should be. Make a plan for how it is, right? So Eric Friday is making a plan for how it is. Uh, I've always gone for a percentage. I've always targeted 20% or higher return on my money. Um, is that, that after all that, expenses basically? Or Yeah, so that's after all expenses. So purchase, rehab, holding cost. Uh, and then I like – so all that money I like to make 20% off of it. Um, I will say it has not worked out a couple times in Detroit, so maybe I have to you know, take Eric's <laughs> – <laughs> philosophy in the city of Detroit. Man, I love Detroit, but she can be a cruel bitch sometimes. She oh, really can oh, be. Oh, yeah, I can. She's given me so much, and she's taken so much. It's just right. uh, ebbs and flows, ebbs and flows. What's funny, even with that 20%, there's been a few that um, – well, one in particular that didn't make any money. So that 20% even can go up – go dry up quick. I'm very aware of that. Yeah, 2007. Goodbye, profit. <laughs> Domes, what are you looking at? Uh, I am. I'm flexible. Very flexible. Um, if I don't have anything going on, I, I usually set a number. I want to make twenty grand. I know it's not a lot. I'm. I'm fairly confident when I go into a deal where I'm only going to make that. What the pitfalls are going to be? Um, you know, I, I may have to do some of the work myself. You know, grind it out to make sure it gets done, but. If I don't have anything going on and I find a shitty two bedroom with a whacked out basement, uh, you know, maybe I'll do it for 15 if I'm, but I've got to be pretty confident and I'm pretty conservative with my numbers, with my after repair values. Um, usually pretty good with, with what I'm, the work that I'm going to have to do and what it's going to cost. So. Well, I'll also say, if you're going to do it like that, make sure you're like Tomes, too, because he's probably one of the handiest motherfuckers I've ever seen. seems like he could do, like, all work. I, I could barely paint, you know, so, like, floor everything. So if you're going to approach it like that, make sure you, you, you're you handy and you know you know that you can and can't do it. So. Right. I'd much rather not touch it and make, you know, if you're basing what you make on, like, a per hour. You know, I've done flips where I've made – ten dollars an hour for the amount of work that i put in yeah uh which is a loss that but is i a learned loss. a lot yeah well yeah you learn too i right? learned yeah. yeah yeah that is something to consider too it's not just money you build relationships you build knowledge you make mistakes you tighten up your game a little bit yeah, and my uh fifty thousand dollar number is typically if i'm spending about that in rehab so if it's like one of those huge rehabs where i know i gotta do the whole house i'm typically trying to be in that ballpark of a 50,000 gross profit. If it's just cosmetic, obviously I can lower that to get the deal done. Damn, that's a good point. I, th- In fact, I'm going to nail that home a little bit harder here. If you're taking on a whole fucking house project, like I'm talking like down to the st- like everything, I I would add more money to it personally because I think you are taking on more risk. Right. right? Yeah. You don't really know. Like you do the best you can. But you don't really know. Right. So Nobody that's an excellent point, yeah. Eric. Yeah. If you're going to do the whole damn thing and it's really bad, I would throw some extra in there. Otherwise, wholesale it or pass on the deal. Why? Why? Some of this is about risk management too, right? There's always something that pops up and you're trying to squeeze that down to the least amount of time possible. So or least amount of uh, risk possible. All right.
right. We got here Mr. Will Bender. How they find those good lead generating tools. Maybe not the best worded question, Will, but I think I get it. Um, I think what he means and what's their most successful form of marketing. Actually, I think that is the question. Sorry, Will. I should have read the whole thing. What is your most successful, I don't know, they might have more uh, marketing for the leads you guys are looking for? I would say, and it might sound cliche right now, is networking. Um, and in rep- and networking, kind of building a reputation for doing good work, you kind of start getting things that you've, like m- majority of my stuff right now is referral. Um, so that, to, for me, um, that's a good source of a lead because I didn't have to technically pay for it. Um, the stuff that's paid for, I still like uh, direct mail, um, absentee owner, free and clear. Gives you wholesales. I love direct mail, by yeah. the way. If you wholesale direct mail, don't listen to anybody. Direct mail works. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It works. Yeah. Just You're saying it's old dead, blah, blah, this bullshit. It works. Works every time. Just stay consistent yep. with it. What about you guys? Well, I don't wholesale. For me, uh, best thing I think is just networking and uh, meeting people in person, finding out if they've got the demeanor of the person I want to work with, right? Getting to know them and uh, vice versa. You know, that's the, that's the best way for me to find deals, find contractors, find partners. Yeah, for me, it's, it's, it's again, kind of reputation management, closing on deals that I that I show interest in um, working with wholesalers who are doing all the things that you're talking about with the calendars and the podio and the following leads. I, I love it when, when wholesalers make money, uh, never going to try to beat anybody up. Kind of the same thing goes with, you know, with people that I work with and, and contractors, you know, I'm never going to beat anybody up too bad. Um, try to do what I say I'm going to do and keep my reputation good. And uh, you know, deals come to me. Fucking a. Actually, I'm going to, that's an excellent point. Jeff was, uh, I think it was like a week ago. He was trashing somebody on the Metro Detroit real estate investors group. who's trying to get to the top. I think it was captain Micah trying to get to the top of his list. Be the first one who call. Do you know how you get all here's folks. If you're, if you don't have time to find your own fix and flips, here's the only way you go on the wholesalers direct phone call. You fucking buy something. That's it. It doesn't mean they don't like you. Having been a wholesaler, I don't do very much of it anymore. I mostly, if I get a lead, I send it to Eric. Or if I get something too good to pass up because I stole a shit ton of money to people, I'll fucking whack it and use that money to whack down that number. But as a wholesaler, you want to sell the damn thing for a good price to someone you know is going to close who's not going to fuck up your life so you can get back out there and get more contracts. Try and think of it from the perspective of the wholesaler. And a good wholesaler is going to look out for you. Good one is. So if you want to get on that list, networking is a good way. And that's a good start in real life too. But ultimately, you got to pull the trigger on something. Yeah. So if you see something you like, even if you got to negotiate a little bit, pull the trigger. And once you purchase something, unless you're a douchebag, you try and renegotiate the deal afterwards. Uh, you try and extend the closing. You try and change the terms. You're not getting a call again. I was right. saying, conversely, yep. how to get to the bottom. I yep. give you right. some ways to get to right. the bottom too. Yeah, I, I just want to add on that along that line. If I'm actually going to go out and look at a house that a wholesaler has put out there, it's like ninety ninety five percent 
in my mind that I've already analyzed it that I'm going to do that deal unless I see something that looks like total bullshit when I get out there. And, um, and then once I commit that day, it's like 99% likely I'm going to close. I just had one example where the wholesaler, you know, let the person shut off the power and the day before there was icicles hanging from the ceiling. I backed out of that deal. But how could you not? But right? otherwise, I would close. Right? I had that happen on one on Muirland. I was going to make twenty five grand. Yeah, it was on. mine. That was yours. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. I was the one that backed out. That's right. You were the whole. <laughs> That's right. I forgot. No, I thought it was you. I thought we were talking about the same thing. I was going to make good fucking money on this. This lady moves. Was it Georgia or Alabama? Yeah, Some it was fucking one of those. place. Man, you would not believe how beautiful this house is, and I got it at a stellar price and she was a sweet lady so i'm not mean like this but damn it man she really fucked herself on that one man i wanted to cry i literally did when you see that's right because you're the one who texts me the picture and i'm like can't even get in the door i'm like what are you talking about then the picture came through i'm like oh shit it was the worst i've ever seen and i've seen some bad shit in detroit so Sorry, I'm sorry, I forgot that it was you, man. <laughs> Too many deals. Yeah, yeah. No, I wasn't upset about that one. Right. I was upset at, at her, really, because I needed the fucking money back then, too. So I was like, God damn it. There's nothing worse as a wholesale than having your awesome deal die literally the day before closing. Just like, oh, what could you do to fix that? Nothing. Right. Yeah, there, were, there was nothing, nothing you could do to fix that. Right. Just dead. Just dead. She called me for weeks afterwards, too, even though I'm like, oh. There's nothing I could do. You filled your house full of frozen fucking water. You literally have to wait till it warms up to do anything <laughs> right. about it. Like I just, it can nothing good came from that. It was a second story bathroom that froze it too. Was, it was, yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and also I, I will share information. I, I focus pretty heavily in one area and every once in a while I'll get a call from somebody that I've, maybe I've worked with them. Maybe I haven't worked with them in the past and, you know, I'm pretty free about giving answers when they ask, what do you think the ARV is? Um, I'll share that. I, I think, and I think it, it kind of, you know, me sharing a little bit up front, you know, maybe it opens up the deal for me later or something else for me later. Maybe it doesn't. I don't care. I just adding a little bit of extra value, Ooh, whether like I'm going to buy it or not. All right. All right. So you, you go out of your way to help them a little bit. Sometimes. I will. If somebody, yeah. somebody needs to know what they, what I think a Waterford deal's worth or what it'll sell for. No problem. Well, I think most people know how I generate leads, but I will make it explicit. And because I keep trying to encourage more people to do this, I find it fun, but I understand it's work. I am a, I'm doing one of two things at all times. I'm putting out breadcrumbs across the digital network so they can find me digitally and then I could push them to meet them physically in real life. Or I go to all these networking meetings, I meet them in real life, and I push them towards my digital. What does that mean? I try and post something every day, picture, video, or something like that on Instagram and Facebook specifically. No bullshit. I'm going to read the book, show your work. Actually, can you hand me that to me, Jeff, right behind you? I always forget the – thank you, sir. Austin Cleon, show your work. I'm actually going to read this on on the podcast. I read this years ago, and it was how I crafted my marketing strategy. Then I started following Gary V, and that really cemented it. So what does that mean? I take pictures of what I'm actually doing, Hmm. or I take video of what I'm actually doing that I think would be interesting and or would help me, right? Like I always post a close, almost always post a closing photo. Right? Why would you not? There's evidence of you actually delivering on what you said you would do. 
Um, but if I see like an interesting thing in a house, I think it's cool. I'll take a picture of it. If it's fucked up, like one house I walked in, you can go down the basement and you can literally see up the upstairs, like the fireplace. The fireplace. I'll take a picture, right? <laughs> Obviously, I have a podcast. I like doing the podcast, but this is absolutely about lead generation, 100% about lead generation. I run a networking group, Renegade Detroit Investors. That's absolutely about lead generation. I use a lot of Facebook Live. I still think that's really underutilized. Um, but I think especially for the younger people, the older people don't have like our age, middle-aged people. Oh, Almost, Eric. Yeah, I'm looking getting like, there. You look like an old <laughs> motherfucker. You're getting there. You're getting there. Um, you can't just do it all digitally, I don't think. I think that is a false premise. Do the, Meet people digitally and then meet them in real life. And I would say add insane value. I can't even tell you how many comps – I run in a year. It is. I probably don't want to know. It, it has to be a lot. And do I get all those listings? Hell no. I don't even get 10% of those listings, right? I'll meet a wholesale at their house and walk them through it. I'll answer a phone call and say yes or no or what I think about doing it. What I'm trying to do is build as many relationships as possible so I can like micro leverage as many people as possible. And I also do it this way because I think it's more fun. Like I – if. I, my thing, I like working hard and I like working and I really don't want to do anything else. That being said, I have put myself in positions in the past where it was hard to wake up early in the morning and work because <clears throat> what you're doing isn't necessarily as fun or as pleasurable as it could be. For me, doing it this way makes hard work fun. So then I actually have to stop. Like last night I was on the phone till 930. I'm like, what the hell am I still doing, right? But I'm having a fucking good time doing it, you know? That's way different than, like, grinding, going, Jesus, when can I fucking stop doing this? You know, that's that's miserable. So, and when I was wholesaling, direct mail. Direct mail. And I get a shit ton of referrals now from all this stuff. But anyway, hope that helps Mr. Will Bender II. All right. Monte Bertram? How do you keep your energy up? I don't know. Is that a real question? Got one like. I'm going to say it's a real question. All right, guys. How do you keep your energy up? Maybe he means motivation to continue. Let's let's elaborate on it a little bit. Like, how do you keep your energy up? How do you how do you do the things you know you need to do when you're tired, or maybe you don't want to do them, or what? How do how do you guys motivate yourself and do that stuff? Well, I mean, you typically. You have some goal in mind when you're doing this, so that's probably the the easiest thing to do is remember why you're doing it. Um, I'm I'm like you though. I I have like that Gary V mentality. It's like you gonna bitch about it or you gonna yeah. do it. So it it makes it more entertaining when you kind of have a certain mindset about hard work. So it it's it's to me, it's almost second nature to me. So it's like let's work. Yeah, I, f I respond really well to incentives, even when I do it to myself. I'm like that rat in a thing. You're like, wait a second. if I, They just trained me to hit that button. Can I train myself to hit that button? Yes, you can. <laughs> you can train yourself to hit the cash button. You know, It took work, but I found you could do the same thing. I respond really well to incentives. I'm super competitive, so and I hate fucking losing. So I just don't want to, especially if I put it out in the world. It's funny. I can lie to myself. 
but I, I can't lie to anybody else. So if I say I'm going to like, it keeps me awake at night. Like there's no way I'm not going to do it. So that works pretty well for me. Yeah, and like, not to say I don't have those moments where it's like, Oh, I'm not doing shit. I don't feel like doing anything. It's just the key is to not stay in that mindset for, you know, extended periods of time. I might have a, a window where I've done some things and it's like, all right, I'm not going to work till nine o'clock. I'm not going to continue to do something, but Typically, the next day, I'm like, all right, I was bullshitting yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yesterday was a loss. It's hard to win every day. I yeah. will say that. I right. wish I wish it was possible to win every day. But that is the goal in my head. Like, I'm going to fucking win today. And then you yeah. get the end of the day, like, God damn it, I did not win. <laughs> Shit, just kicked my ass from the time I woke up to the time I got to bed. But motherfucker, I'm going to win tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've had to say that for a lot of years, too, by the way. So I can lie. I, I'm good at – I'm a fisherman. I can lie to myself for weeks. Just one more cast. Right. <laughs> Just 10 more minutes. Right. right? That's got me a lot. I've screwed things up so bad. I had to lie to myself for years about how bad it really was or whatever. But it worked too. It worked. You right. had to trick yourself into doing these things. So, yeah, for me, just to add to that, I mean, you got to have a long term vision in your mind and just keep working towards that, right? You know, uh, somebody that's ripped abs right they didn't start off they weren't born that way they had to work at it and one day doesn't get you there so you, you got to keep that in mind like you said um wins help they really help to motivate you and keep you going but not every day is a win you know no. sometimes there's some ups and downs and uh you know that having that long-term vision helps you with the downtime um i find you know meeting with other realtors again going back to that networking group you know uh, if you're having a downtime going there can help oh yeah help motivate you and Many pick you up and uh yeah keep you pressing forward yeah you're so. fucking great and flip motivated me you, yeah. you fucking crushed that one yeah, when i saw how much you're making yeah. on that one i was like i'm fucking getting serious about this shit again. <laughs> you know it's just like you see what's possible and actually that's a good point i'll just but seeing what's possible and being around people do i hang around a bunch of people doing things at a level i'm not at yet because i want to raise my game and it's a very uncomfortable place to be there's there, I think it's the best thing, but as, as your ego anyway, at least my ego, I try and put myself in rooms where as many people are way more successful doing things way better than me, but it's very uncomfortable a lot of times because you have to answer a lot of questions you don't know and you got to creates a lot of friction, but I grow a lot through that as well. So I kind of have, um, I don't know how you describe it. I fuck, I, I, I fucking love the pain of it, right? Like, the more suffering involved in something, I just like, oh, this is exactly where I need to be. Because I know in my head, if it's this bad for me, it's going to be way worse for everyone else. And they're going to take Saturday and Sunday off and they're going to wake up fucking late. I'm going to catch this motherfucker slipping eventually, right? Like, this is how right. I think. Oh, yeah. Right? So, like, this is, but I know that's not for everybody, like, almost nobody, but that's how I think. And I used to try and do different things, but now I just lean in. It's just how I am. Like, I, I, I can't change it. I've tried. Tried to come home and do, you know, other things. Even when I had a nine to five, I then went out and fished 40 hours a week. Like, I don't know what the fuck's wrong with me. It just, that's how I am. So the more it sucks, the more I want to do it. That's kind of how I, I've approached it. So. Oh, me. Okay. Uh, you don't have to. I, yeah, I don't necessarily have a strategy for keeping my, I, I, I will say that I, I need not constant, but I need a fairly, uh, active, you know, listening to a, listening to a book, listening to real estate podcasts, being around other people who are, you know, killing it. Um, I need mindset help. So 
can't slack too long on on not listening to an audiobook or not um not being around other investors. Monte, thank you. I'm going to expand on your question. What podcasts or audiobooks or music or reading or whatever do you guys that 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 fuels you or helps you or keeps you on the fucking warpath? I go through all of it, the audiobooks, the podcasts, the music, so like a go-to? Or yeah, any favorites. Throw out a few favorites for people just to give them a little sprinkling of uh, – of what, and it could be anything, a blog, a book, yeah, a podcast, for, anything. I guess f- like a – you could find them anywhere. It's E.T. Thomas, Eric Thomas. He does a lot of <laughs> motivational stuff. Bad motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. And he has a mixtape, um, a mixtape like uh, – uh, uh, um, Shit, what are we talking about? Um, motivational mixtape. So it's like all his quotes, but over hip hop beats. So I that has is that helped. on iTunes? Yeah, it's on iTunes. Oh. Can you fucking send that to me? Yeah, yeah fuck yeah, send that shit to that me. Too. Let's put that. Send it. I'll put that in the show. I did not know that. You know, Jocko Willink has one too. No, Get I, out of bed. Hmm. Don't press the snooze. What are you doing laying there in bed? I said it as my alarm. Right, he has one for donuts. You don't want that donut. That donut's gonna make you fat, not help you get your goals. Right? I was like, I, I fucking love it. Jocko Willink on iTunes too, and uh, me, I got a food problem. I have, I had evil parents, and I'm kind of fucked up in the food department. I didn't get enough, and I ate a lot of garbage. So, like, I have an uh, unhealthy obsession with food, especially like quality food. So that's something I've been working really hard on. So Jocko tells me, no, no, put the donut. <laughs> do you really need four beef ribs i don't know if that's a good idea you know like so the jocko thing that one that one really helps me i want to listen to that one yeah though. that's gonna be like, so probably yeah. put it i'll put it in the show shirt. notes yeah, folks what about you guys any books podcasts anything that that you that helps you i've <laughs> i've listened to you know tons of podcasts and uh audiobooks as well <clears throat> Um, I, I drive a lot, so even just my commute to work's forty minutes one way. So you know uh, that's productive time for me. Uh, I found them very motivating. I, I think one that kind of opens your eyes, even uh, for those of you that might have a job, is the four-hour work week. Yeah, Tim I think Ferriss. that's a yeah Tim Ferriss. I think that's a a good book to read. You know, and they have it on audio as well, just on how unproductive. You probably are, and how productive you really could be when you're thinking, how can you handle it all? I remember when I read that book the first time when it came out, and I realized how fucked up I was. <laughs> right. It was pretty astounding. I was like, when I really looked at what was really working, it was pretty right. shocking. I've yeah. read it, and I'm still fucked up. Yeah. I <laughs> said <laughs> the truth, right? How many times right. do we have to reread some of these books? Tomes, what are you consuming that helps you? I, I, it's not even exactly what I'm consuming. I just have to be consuming something. Yeah, that's how I am. Yeah, something I mean, motivation or yeah, get you upbeat to yeah. attack. I got Audible. You know, I I download a book. I'll listen to it. I I don't even necessarily remember the titles. The same with podcast. If it's got real estate in the name, I throw it in my library. Listen to a few. If it sucks, I you know, I I delete it. Uh, RDI podcast. You know, that's the one that when it comes out, I listen to it. Flattery will get you everywhere, sir. I feel weird when I'm the one on it, but I listen to it. It's good, isn't it? Do you like how you sound? <laughs> I don't know yet. You don't know? It was uh, weird sure. when I listened to myself first. I'm like, I sound like that? Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. The sound, sound of like my that. voice? Yeah. Yeah. I thought you meant 
you know, being an idiot. No, <laughs> we're all idiots. <laughs> we're all space apes. I don't think we're going to fix that right. one. We're just going to do the best we can and hopefully right. not die in shame and shame our family. <laughs> at least that's how I look at it. Oh, another motivation for me is, is uh, my wife is kind of an ass kicker and she's, you know, not, not just motivated, but constantly doing something, you know, trying to sit down and, and rest while she's, Getting kicked by horses, you know, makes makes you want to get up and do something, too. So, yeah, the people I surround myself with is a big one. I am obviously a podcast fan. I will tell you exactly because I it's almost like uh, I don't want to say a religion, but uh, I don't know, maybe it kind of is. So I got the Gary V podcast, of course, Joe Rogan podcast. Jocko podcast. And then I do a lot of philosophy and stuff too. So I got making sense with Sam Harris. I got Peter Atia, the drive meat eater. I'm really in the history too. So like revolutions, the Jordan B Peterson podcast. I'm really in the psychology. I'm never going to talk about this openly or record it, but you'd be surprised how often I use psychology to get what I want in a negotiation. It's not just some wasted thing. Actually, I've told my therapist multiple times, like, man, you've helped me in negotiating. The better you understand yourself, the better you can understand other people. And then the better I could uh, use that to get what I want from my clients. And uh, uh, also the Tim Ferriss, Intelligence Squared, Flashpoint, and that's it. I have Audible. I get two books a month. I just signed up for it, so I have to. So I always listen to that one and i do a fair amount on youtube still like late in the evenings playing with the dogs kind of cleaning up a little bit i'll put some stuff on youtube and i got a ton of stuff that's mostly for my interest in like smoking foods and farming which i'm i'm really into all of that so i will watch i will watch and 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 that too so i keep a I don't really do anything that's outside of my interests either. So I'm very myopic that way. So anyway, hopefully um, that answers your question. Monte, oh, as far as my energy, Monte, this is how I've always been. I've always woken up early and I've always working hard. I have more energy than most people. I'm lucky that way. It has changed though because I had back surgery last year. So last year I couldn't even fucking drive for six months. It sucked. I had to be driven around like a useless cripple everywhere to go. I still got a lot of shit done, but that definitely put in my head that Mm. it's probably not going to last as long as I would like it to last, right? So I'm starting to work more on human leverage, but I don't think that's something you can count on. I think I was just born with it. All right. We got a question here from Todd Chun. What? Only one thing. Only one thing. What? Only one thing would you, would they do different if they could? What's the one thing you guys would do different if you could, and I think what he's talking about is through your your career of investing, what would you do different if you could? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's – I'm guessing. Uh, I would – I don't know if I should say this. <laughs> I w- don't then. I don't want to fuck you up. No, not with – I was going to say – because what I tell a lot of people when they ask me um, about getting into real estate investing, I'll ask like how much money do you make at your job? Because if you're making like a, a certain amount, it's very easy to replace it and to go full time if that's what you want to do. And for me, my biggest thing with getting into real estate investing is getting my time so that I can spend it with my family. So it is the ultimate goal. I would probably say that I would because even though I have the job, I probably would have just gotten started in 2008 when I was 
being told that properties were selling for $500 and my mindset just, it's like, okay, yeah. So, right. Um, it's literally why party? I moved here. Yeah. I was like, what really a fucking house? I, I, I would have just yeah. gotten started at, I mean, in 2008, I had a job then wasn't paying me much, but I could have scrapped up $500 and who knows? I know a lot of people now that are doing very well because they started in 2008 or 2009, that error. It's kind of like the, when's the best time to plant a tree 20 yeah. years ago? When's yeah. the next best time now? I wish I would have started earlier too. What about you guys? Yeah, I would have said the same thing. I would have, I wish I would have started earlier. <clears throat> but, you know, it's all about mindset. I had a mindset early on that job was the way to go, and that was yep. it. Yep. I saw this as um, crazy. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's listening it's to some of those that. podcasts yeah. and things that change your mind. And, you know, I wasn't ready at the time, so, you know, things worked out the way they did. But that's one thing I definitely wish I would have done differently. How old were you, Jeff, when you started? Really, like, really got started? Well, I, I bought that first house in 2011, so I was 41. Yeah. It's a pretty late start. Right. Still Obviously, 26 houses, say, though. It's not hurting. It's 26 rentals now, yeah. so <laughs> you've made up. At least at 41, when you start, you're kind of at the beginning of the prime of your life, so at least you have more resources. But, yeah, you did miss out on a lot of opportunity. I think we all wish we would have started sooner. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So what does that mean, uh, Todd? I think, uh, I think you know what that means, right? Start where you're at. All right. Jennifer Avery, what's their favorite? This might be a little redundant, but I do want to ask it. Uh, what's their favorite marketing strategy? Paying wholesalers. That's mine. <laughs> Man, he's going, for, he's going for the wholesaler vote today. Huh? <laughs> Tomes Property Group at gmail.com. <laughs> he came with a plan and he's going to execute it. Uh, all right. Uh, if I like say for me, it would be, I mean, the direct mail, like I say, it works. It's been probably more lucrative in terms of profits um, versus the referral aspect. Cause typically you're paying out something for the referral. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's kind of a trade off cause I'm not really paying anything and, they, and they're basing it off or I'm getting those referrals because I'm showing improving. I'm doing what I'm saying. I'm going to do, I'm closing. Um, I think I have a good reputation, you know, I communicate well. So, um, it's a kind of a trade off for me. It's like bigger profits on stuff that I have to pay for, but then stuff that I don't have to pay for, I'm getting. Yeah. You don't have to pay till it closes, yeah, which is nice. Pay, yeah. Right. So, yeah. And then it gets you experience and other opportunities. It's, it's, un, it's endless. What about you guys? Hey, I'm with Mark. Um, my best <laughs> marketing strategy is get to know the wholesalers. Yeah. You know, it's amazing how many people talk shit. I'm thinking about a few fucks in particular about wholesalers, but they can't go out and do it themselves. Now, I'll be the first to admit most fucking wholesalers are schmucks, but the good ones, you definitely want to know them because they can do what you can't. I remember when I first met Steve and started working with him, I wasn't even sure I could do it. I I think anybody can do it who wants to do it, but that doesn't mean everybody is as well suited for it as they could be. And a wholesaler is a particular type of person I've seen who's – and they're rare and they really are rare. So get to know your wholesalers. Work that in. Buy, some, buy something from them too. And no, don't take them out to lunch, although that doesn't hurt, but it's not going to get the phone call, right? So yeah. – <laughs> Buy some shit or just sell everything. Yeah, buy, buy. Just buy. buy. Just buy. <laughs> just buy it. Yeah, that's what they want. They Make want it you to, to where buy I stuff. don't have to 
blast it out. I don't have to walk 30 th- people through a property. When you say you're going to buy it, buy it. And then don't try to lock it up just for you to make an inspection just to back out of it. Yes. Because that will get you to leave. I'm not going to call you. I'm not even going to probably do a deal with you. <laughs> no. Unless I have to. Yeah. Unless you for- I'm forced to. I will do things I have do to all do. all your due diligence before you try to lock up the property. I will tell you what my favorite marketing strategy is, uh, Jennifer Avery, and it's content creation. I think it's fun, and uh, I hate gurus, and I think this is a good way for me to fuck gurus and have fun and lead generate, right? If we just get on here and complete transparency, we can, uh, I think, with the internet, chase all these slimy fucks out of it, and it could just be like more like Gary Vee stuff or whatever, where you see what's really happening, and I find that very compelling and it's also fun for me. So why not do something that works and is fun? Anyway, throwing it out there. All right. Let me see here. More questions. Wait, I think I'm missing one. Let me go to the Facebook group. Sorry, guys. The one picture did not load. Um, I did. Here we go. I'm going to find it. Of course, I'm not going to find it. This fucking internet here at Keller Williams, Somerset. Joe, we're going to have to fucking talk about this. My cap, my fucking office rent, and I can't get goddamn internet that... All right, I'm calming down. Thank you, sir. We're back here and working again. You see what I'm talking about? You see me clicking around on three things? Why is this piece of shit fucking work? All right, I can't find it. We're going to we're gonna shit scrap it. I'm going to go back to my questions. Sorry about that, guys. If I didn't answer a few of your questions, I apologize. I did try to get all of them before. Let me look one more time and make sure I didn't miss one, even the smart-ass ones. How to get your energy up. Oh, I did miss one. All right, this is a, this is a great concept. Corey Matson, which thank you, Corey. He actually came and helped and volunteered last year for the Dealey Group Barbecue. When I was on the Dealey group, so he's a good guy. He says, any unpaid internship available? Question. Uh, this is for Mark. And, uh, for anybody. Oh, for anybody. Uh, he's asking, are there any unpaid internships available? Out in the world. I think he's asking us, you guys. I mean, I could. I, I mean, he is I being. I think Jeremy's got something no. open. No? <laughs> I got my hands full with Jay. I like Jay a lot. He's a hard worker, but he doesn't know much about this. So it's going to be an intense six to to 12 months. That's how I do it. I kind of go all in on one motherfucker and try and make the shit work. I don't know another way. So I'm not looking for anything else right now, but and I, I'm not either uh, strictly just because I don't feel like I could help. I feel like I need to be full time to really, for you to intern for me because you would need to be you would need to basically shadow me you can't shadow, shadow me at work while i'm making calls and, that'd be weird yeah who's that right yeah it's my assistant <laughs> <laughs> he gets my coffee and shit so i don't i feel like it would be uh a disservice to someone if i tried to do that yeah i feel like uh my schedule is just too fit the shit in when i can i don't i don't know exactly how it would work out it probably wouldn't work very well yeah, I don't have the the activity level to need a second person. That being said, that, yeah, that being said, you know, I um I'm certainly always willing to talk to people and, you know, share what I'm doing and, you know, offer suggestions. And you can take those suggestions for what they're worth. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, Maybe nothing. But I think, you know, it, it, he's 
worked with Jeremy before and, and helped out with the, with the barbecue. Um, that was a good um, move. Sure. I remember him. Yeah. There are people out there who could use it, but it's probably going to be more on the, you know, people that are full kicking time. ass full time yeah. wholesalers, Ron, Steve, the mics, but I, that's probably where they'd get the most value and the most, you know, they're going to learn the most. Corey, what I would say, what I would recommend is, is, do two things. First of all, decide what you really want to do and kind of do what I did. I decided I wanted to wholesale and I looked – this was in 2014. So I looked at the field in 2014. There's really three big players. I kind of followed them, paid attention to what they're doing, and then I made my bet with Steve and I made him money before. If you remember, go listen to my last two podcasts where I talk about me. I go in depth about this. I added value before I asked and it wasn't unpaid. It was paid. But I did whatever the fuck Steve wanted me to do. I drove around with him all day. I took pictures on his houses. I did all the bitch work. I even cooked food he liked. Like, I went all in on this shit, right? So, but I think it starts with you, Corey. You got to decide what you want and then go pursue the people who are doing it and then add enough value that you get through the noise. I will also say that's how Eric Got me. Yeah, I was just honest, that's exactly. I hope this doesn't hurt your feelings, Eric. But um, I didn't know Eric was going to be Eric. It didn't look like Eric was going to be Eric when we met. Eric wouldn't have been Eric. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely didn't have the. I look back now, I was like, what you were asking for, you weren't even ready for. It. You didn't have the mindset, the the wherewithal, like the the drive to do what you were asking for. So, but he I, didn't quit. He he kept showing up. Which always impresses me, right? Because I tend to vote on I, – I put my money on work. I trust work. If it's too easy, I don't trust it. It sucks. I feel like there's a trap there somewhere. And um, I didn't know Eric was going to be Eric, but he, but he kept showing up. And then even after I shit-canned everybody because I decided – I was doing this wholesaling thing. I was making such good money wholesaling. I wasn't learning how to be a listing agent. And I kept saying I was going to, and then I go on wholesale. Why would I not? I'll go make five grand instead of fucking 3% on some shitty listing, right? And I had to burn the bridge in order for me to like go do it. So I burned all the bridges, and then I think two or three weeks passed, and Eric reached out to me and said, hey, I got a deal. I'll split it with you if you show me how to do it and show me um, show me how to close it and do everything. And I was like, well, send me the deal. And I looked at the deal. I was like, that's a fucking deal. I knew it. How can I ignore that? Eric became impossible to ignore despite my well thought out, well engineered plan. He kind of knocked it off the track and I'm glad he did because it put him back in front of me. Right. So I don't know. Be fucking undeniable. Be a unrelentless, uh, be relentless and, um, keep showing up for work and you don't know. Somebody might notice you, right? Bring some value. Um, we were actually going to sell it to Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was that where we, we were? Yeah. Jeff walked in and everything. It was the one on Ohio. On Ohio, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would have bought that yeah, one. You, it, it goes back to what I said. You know, 90 to 95% of the houses I yeah. – if I'm going to make somebody walk me through it, chances are I'm going to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Title issue. Yeah. yeah. Fucking title. Damn it. That was the first one? Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought yeah. the other one was the first one. They don't Taylor was the first one to close. Ah, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah sorry. I was told – Eric should have told the story. Point being, he didn't. He 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 made it impossible for me to ignore him. Right? Who doesn't respond to profit? Who doesn't respond to like I, I did? And he was humble about it, and he followed along, and he did everything, and it worked out great. So, but I think he had a clear idea what he wanted then too, which obviously 
it became more transparent to me what he wanted. And I was like, oh yeah, I can do that. So if you're a little wishy-washy about what you want, or maybe you're not showing up, I haven't seen you in one of my events in a while. Maybe you're working. I know you're doing swing shift and stuff. Maybe you're going to other ones, but, uh, I don't know, man. I put some, uh, put some shit out there. So, all right. Matthew Cole, who's quitting their job first? Anybody quitting in less than three years? Yes. I was going to say that. <laughs> and you guys are, you guys are quitting before me. Yeah, I would probably, yeah, I, I assume I'll be out three years or less. I, I don't know if I'll be absolutely out, but I, I don't foresee myself being full time at a place in a few years. There is Part your answer. Consultation. Matthew whatever, Cole. But. Yeah. And I think December 31st, 2022 at the latest. At the latest. The latest. You said 2022. I thought it was saying 2020. I was like, whoa, yeah. yeah. All right. (laughs) You're going to blink your eyes. You're going to be there, right? You're going to be there. So, all right. Let me just double check. I don't want to forget anybody. Hopefully. Ah, thank you. Thank you, sir. Eric for the win. Sorry, Jamal. Didn't mean to. I was not as prepared as I, as I should have been. So we're, we're kicking, Jay and I are kicking some ass. So I'm definitely, uh, I love it, but I'm under stress, constant stress right now with my schedule. So do they have, let me see. Ah, I cut off the, that's what I did. I'm sorry, Jamal. I accidentally cut off when I did it. Now I understand what I'm doing. Do they have timeline templates for wholesales and flips? I should be able to offset flip a house with X beds, Y bass. This sounds like a high C person from XYZ neighborhood. So let me see if I can, uh, do you have a timeline tippet for a wholesale flip? I don't, do you understand that question, Eric? I'm assuming a visual timeline to say, Hey, we're supposed to be here at this date here at this date. Maybe, maybe they're asking how long should a wholesale deal take? Oh, they throwing that out there. I don't know. That kind of varies. Shit. Sorry, Jamal. We're fucking that one up. All right. What tools they use to track progress of wholesales and flips? I think we answered that one, right? What are your measures for a success? Oh, okay. This is a good question. What are your measures for a successful wholesale flip? Are there any other than profit or I know you brought up learning before. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If I can get a buyer out of it, that, I mean, not just it because I could, I've host, host, made $500 on a wholesale deal before. If I got a new buyer that I can go to and sell just about any Detroit property to, hell yeah, it was worth it. Hmm. It was worth $500. So now I got a, another buyer. And especially if that buyer is just buying anything, I might be able to sell them 10 more properties. Maybe I'll get to, you know, what I would have wanted on the first deal. That makes sense. So the relationship aspect, yeah, for sure. What about you guys? Do you measure success in flips? Other than financial or level of uh, involvement, stress involved. Ah. If it's low, that's good. I mean, I would gladly take half the profit, right? For less headache. No, yeah, if it's stress free, for sure. Does that exist? No, I don't think so. (laughs) Because if I could buy some of that, I will. I was like, I need to sign up on Jeff's list, man. Shit. All right, what about you? Yeah, mine, I. I don't know. I very flexible as to what I call a win. You know, I've made a little bit of money and learned a lot. Um, I've made a decent amount of money and been very hands off. I've made 
okay money being partially hands-on, partially hands-off. So it's all about my attitude. If, if I'm going into something and it's, and I learn something and I don't lose money, it's a win. I like that. You know, as far as flipping goes, wholesaling, don't know. Well, this is a good question right here. What info do you need to lend money? Jeff, like how do you, how do you analyze or what information are you looking when it comes time to lend money? Well, first off, we already talked about relationship of some sort. Second um, is house and location. And uh, third is, you know, I really need a plan for that house. So if somebody's got their shit together, they know the plan and, and um, what the house is, you know, those are all key, key info. And then I'm going to do my own analysis quick to see you know, is there going to be value in that house? So right person, you know, uh, if the house, if I see potential, Hey, if they don't pay me, I'll take the house and I'll, you know, I'll do it myself. So I like that. Yeah. <clears throat> so you're right? looking at the so, house pretty hard too. I like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, that's why somebody doesn't necessarily have to have skin in the game. If they've got, if, you know, they've got that good personality, I've got a reputation with them, you know, relationship with them. Yeah. I'm willing to go all in. But there better be something in that house, you know, to make it worthwhile. I'm not going to uh, stick myself out there and for potential loss, right? They walk away and stick me with a crappy house and the. Do you get personal guarantees money. or anything like that? Or uh, no, I've never done that. Okay. All right. Anybody else lend money? I haven't. No. Family. No, that doesn't count. Yeah, it kind of counts. <laughs> but uh, did you get it back? <laughs> that sounds like lending, right? Yeah. Sometimes you get the money back. What do I need to know as a new wholesaler, flipper, investor? Man, that's really broad, dude. That you wish somebody would have told you. But how about we do this from personal experience? Yeah, that way we, we could uh, make it. Sorry, I'm not trying to shortchange you, Jamal. I'm just trying to uh, improve um, your question there. What do I need to know as a new wholesaler, flipper, investor that you wish somebody would have told you? Well, I'll go, but this is something that I knew getting into it, uh, especially now in, in the era of everything always being around forever as far as social media goes. Um, your word is your word. I mean, don't be an ass clown is how I've heard it put. Yeah, it's good advice. I, that's really it. I'm not, I, I knew that coming in. You know, I, I actually sat and watched in the Metro Detroit group for six or eight months before I said a word because you know i did I, I i go into everything knowing that i don't know and I try to get my bearings about me and understand what's going on before i make an ass of myself have you watched glenn gary glenn ross i have not man we got okay i'm gonna come over to your house we're gonna watch that i'll bring over the projector we can we can do it outside there was a part where he says don't open your mouth till you know the game that's fucking sound advice. I've wa- I don't know how many times I've watched that movie. I love that movie, but that's right out of there. Don't open your mouth till you know the game. Damn. All right, Tom. Yep, that right there. Yeah, that's good. That's a little reputation management. Make sure you know enough before you what's going on before you open your right. meat flap. Right, Eric. Anything? Oh, I guess this kind of piggybacks off what Mark was saying. Is just knowing who you're dealing with. Um, that's probably to date the biggest lesson that I've learned um, in not getting something that I really, really wanted was that I didn't realize who I was dealing with. Um, and then just don't analyze your, your stuff. 
but don't get so caught up in the numbers that you don't pull the trigger. Um, that will probably be know who you're dealing with and just take some action too. Yeah, yeah. I know that one. You won't fuck that up again, will you? Never again. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Nope. That was a broad question. I would pick one of those. I would for somebody starting off. I'd say, what do you want to do? Wholesale, fix and flip. Yeah. Or invest. I assume like rentals long term. Um, pick one of those. Start, and um, don't be afraid to pull the trigger, yeah. and and realize going back to what Mark said. You know, if you have to borrow some money or whatever to get in the game, realize you might lose money in that first deal. It might be a learning experience, um, but you didn't pay a guru twenty thousand to make to learn. You got some real life experience that you'll remember, and uh, you know, hold true to your word. If you told somebody you were going to pay them back, and you have to come up with a thousand dollars out of your pocket to pay them back, you better do it. Well, I'm definitely going to let loose my darker side here. <laughs> I only seem like a nice guy. No, I am a nice guy most of the time. Maybe I need uh, more therapy, but that's therapy. But that's a perfect segue to what I was going to add. Don't do the guru horseshit. I did it. I went and did the fifty thousand. I'm a man of action. I think it was fifty five. Actually, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It was too much, and they didn't know what they were doing. And this one specifically was Robert Allen, the Enlightened Wealth Institute. I went and signed up for all that. Avoid all the guru horseshit. Now, they're not all bad. There's about 10%. This is just a guess. And I would go as local as you possibly can. And uh, if you ask me what I'm doing about it, well, I started a meeting where I trash them. I started a podcast where I trash them. Every time I get a chance in Metro Detroit, I create a whole free wholesale course that most people would charge for, which half you dumb motherfuckers won't even go listen to. You'll just toss your money up some fucking stripper selling snake oil on stage and you won't go listen to seven and a half free hours on wholesaling. But if you ask me what I'm trying to do about it is I'm doing my best to deprive these cocksuckers of all that money. Start locally first before you do a guru. Do what Mark said and what Jeff and Eric said and pay attention first before you pull the trigger and pick the right thing. I wouldn't say never pay. Because I've paid a lot to Steve. I've paid a lot to jo Steve Londell. I've paid a lot to Joan Renee Delia. And that was money well spent. They were local. They really knew what they were doing. They provided opportunities for me too. Lots of that. I have gave them way more money than I ever gave. Like hundreds of thousands of dollars I made for them. And that was the best money I ever spent. So it's not about the amount. Make sure... If you're going to pay someone, either up front or as you go, that they actually know what they're doing. And that's why I say start local. So anyway, thank you. That was an excellent segue, Jeff. It was just teed it up for me. It was perfect. <laughs> Which I couldn't could even plan that uh, any better. I assume you're going to ask background info on them. Yes. How did they – well, no, I guess I will ask. This is a good question. I mean, obviously, we talked – some of us talked about this a little bit, but uh, – that is a good question. What is it that got you guys in the real estate? It doesn't have to be some profound thing, but that's a good question. What what uh, what 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 got you started? For me, it was the uh, I was working an engineering job where I had to travel um, travel out on Monday, come home on Friday. Um, I wasn't. It was f average fifty fifty five hours. Sometimes it was a little bit more. Um, and at the time, my oldest son was starting kindergarten. And I kind of felt a shift in how his behavior was was at school. So I felt like my absence was the cause. So 
I just from there I started looking and it wasn't real estate that I initially it was whatever I can do to get back home. So like a cleaning business or something you yep. started. And actually that was kind of the first yeah. thing was it was like okay, the cleaning business is easy to start. Um I mean, you started. I already, yeah, 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 yeah. For, for sure. It's still going too. Um You still have that? Yeah. My sister and her husband, they Is it doing they, well? Yeah, they do well. They don't work a job anymore. They only do the cleaning business. My man, here you yeah. go. So it worked too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it took a little that, longer, right? Yeah, and the, and the real estate thing was already in the back of my mind, but the cleaning business was just easier to start. Um, and but like I said, I was looking for anything to get me out of the basically the 40, 50 hour, nine to five thing and to get me back home. Then I found real estate. That's how I got into it. I told you to shit can that. I'm glad you didn't you did. listen to me. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You did tell me to quit. Yeah. See, I'm not always right. I was like, shit can that fucking thing. Go on in. I mean, but you were right though. And when you told me that, and it was, it, it was basically from Gary Keller's book, the one thing. And yeah. That's Gary Keller. Right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Is that you chase two rabbits, you're not going to catch either one. So it was like real estate or the cleaning business. So I technically kind of did. Say, hey, you guys do that, and I'll do the real estate, and then we can come back once we're established, and that's what we're doing now, actually. So, Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad you didn't listen to me on that Not one. Not all, all the way, way. but yeah. somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Good, yeah, good. Yeah. Follow your heart. Yeah. That's yes. what Eric's saying. That, it, <laughs> and also take all this advice with a grain of salt because, yeah. uh, you know. You got to live your life. We're right about right. a lot of Jeremy things. Jeremy doesn't live your life for nope. you. Nope. So. You got to do your thing. You got that, some good stuff in there, but. <laughs> that was a savage move. Yeah. Well, I'm sure I'm sure they appreciate it too, right? Oh, yeah. They're in a much better spot oh, yeah. now yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. That's like one say, thing I love. We can come like. back together now and I've done the real estate. They've done the cleaning. We can come together as one and yeah. see how we can make each business better. So yeah, That was kind of my, my thing too. What about you guys? <clears throat> yeah, so for me, I always had the mindset that. My job was secure, that a 401k, you know, provided that security forever. Uh, 2008 was a big awakening for me when it, the 401k went pretty damn low and I thought I was going to get fired. You know, I thought everything was going to go close up. And so as things started to recover, um, I got put on a special assignment and I had a manager, a great guy, um, uh, but he, he was talking with me once and he's like, yeah, I mean, you're great for this group. You got this entrepreneurial type, you know, spirit about you. And um, I never thought of myself that way. So that was a, a mind. So he saw something in you that you didn't see. Right, right. So That's that was kind of cool. That was a, it was very cool. So that was a, a mind shift change for me. And uh, and then I, you know, I started thinking, you know, multiple streams of income. What would I, what would I want to do? And I was kind of influenced, you know, by Robert Kiyosaki, you know, of course. And uh, at the time, I was uh, big into Dave Ramsey, which. You know, he invests a ton in real estate as well. Um, and I happened to be in a, uh, like a Bible study group and there was a realtor there. I mean, it was just kind of the perfect combination of that mind shift change and being in the right group. I said, Hey, real estate's the, the thing for me. Dude, that's awesome. And you know what? I've only had two, well, really only one real job boss that was really good. You can't undervalue a good boss. Yeah. Like they're rare, but when you have them, like, they can do a lot for you. It's kind of cool that, that they said that about you I and know, point yeah. you in a whole different direction, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. So the crazy thing about him is he just recently got um, right-sized out of the company. What? Oh. Yeah. Man, well, that's a crying he, shame. He, he was doing yeah. what you yeah. were doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's, he's going to do well. Good, good. Awesome. Yeah, mine was kind of the same deal. The slowdown being in the automotive industry in 08, uh, that was a big awakening that I was not in control of. I, I wasn't driving my ship. Uh, I was a passenger, a stowaway on somebody else's, and 
floating I, on the sea. Floating on the sea, yeah. right. Um, yeah. I had experienced somewhat. My, my mom and stepdad had rentals, uh, you know, when I was 18 or 19, that they quickly, you know, they got involved and they liquidated, but I knew it was a, an option. Uh, I always kind of kept, you know, the thought of it in the back of my mind. Uh, 2000, a- a- actually, after I bought my first house, I never stopped looking after 2006. Uh, 2008, you know, slowed down, took pay cuts, did side work as a handyman, and realized, like, I, I kind of just knew I can do all the things I need to do to flip a house. Uh, I just really need to do something. So uh, that, and it's, I mean, you know, I, there's a, a lot more millionaires have been made in real estate than as buyers for electronics companies. Yeah. So it's, it's something like, I think we've said it before here. It's the people's sport. It is it's the something people's sport, man. You can get involved in a, in a, so many different, areas at you know different you know where you can you can start on a scale of start with what you have right now and it, it's a vast it's a, anybody can get involved somewhere so that was that's what i love about it. it's yeah. financeable you can insure against it you, there's all sorts of things you can do and a lot of these deals are so small the big guys won't come eat you up because they're right. too small to deal with you can't say that in the startup world they might just fuck you up. I had a friend who had a beer distribution company and Heineken just fucked him up. They just stole all his shit and did it. It's like, fuck you, sue us. He had to spend $350,000 and sell half of his business to beat him. And it took like years, like over half a, it was like six or seven years to do it. Like That's not likely to happen on a $150,000 flip. It's just too small of a, a meal for these monsters to come snatch you up. So... Yeah, there's a little bit of protection. Well, I did it because I was going – I had a great boss at Safeway, which is like a grocery store out west, and I was a baker. And he was awesome, but I hated the corporate world, and I was only making twelve seventy six an hour, and I just married my wife, and I was feeling the pressure. She was out earning me like three to one, which didn't bother me, except I had nowhere to go in that company. My future was extremely limited. My great boss, whom I love, Del Stillwall, was only making $17 an hour and got shitty bonuses. So – that great man, talk about wasting away leadership someplace. It changed my entire life and my entire outlook uh, on that. And I was like, I need to do something. And my best friend came back from Iraq. He was in the National Guard. And apparently when you weren't terrified, you were bored to death. And he read a ton of real estate books. And he said, we got to get into real estate. And I was grasping at straws for anything. I'm in a small town. I tried going to college and I hated it and I, I I knew I had to do something to expand my my horizons and I just seized on real estate. So that is what I did and I'm an all I'm an all or nothing guy. I don't recommend generally people do that, but if that's you, you do you. I had to do me. So I had to burn the whole fucking thing down and go. That's what I did. All right, let me see. Thank you, Eric. This is actually for the flippers. Why they still have full-time jobs. I think, uh, how badly do you hate your wives that you'll slave away for the man? Mark, I think Mark you slaved Burge. away for the man for a long time, <laughs> Mark Burge. You look kind of old in that picture, too. I don't know if we want to add up the number of hours. I'm pretty sure he doesn't listen to this podcast anyway. So there you go. That's We'll, not find, a, we'll know shortly, right? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I don't think so. I think. Let me do one more quick scan. So hopefully I, I don't. I saw one from Terry, uh, Terry Robinson about, I don't know. 
I think it was about flipping or something. Oh, Terry, Nicole, learning how to flip in general. I'm excited. Okay, so how do you learn how to flip? Oh, boy, that's a big question. Trial and error. That was what I did. Yeah, same here. It's uh, trial and error. I mean, I bought my first one. It was 2011. Prices were still pretty cheap. It's uh, challenging to make that pull that trigger maybe for some people. At the time, what got me over the hurdle is I thought I could buy a new car, drive it, and it'll go to zero. I can buy this house. I can do everything wrong, and it still won't be valued at zero. So, um, you know, you just got to go out there and get started. <coughs> Try, trial and error. Yeah. Try, well, try out, trial and error and the fact that there, there, there are a lot of people that are offering some sort of free way to learn podcast books. I mean, yeah, you know. You do sweat equity too. I've seen a lot of people do sweat equity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sweat equity. Yeah. I still do that. Like if you're like, like Mark, he knows how to fix all that shit. If he had no money, he can go partner with some flipper and you give me the materials. I'll do all the labor and we'll split profit X, Y. He could go do that too. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of ways to skin that cat, but I think you have to start. I think you just have to, you have to start. Also, there's a good book, Flip. That's another one by Gary Keller. I also recommend you read The Millionaire Real Estate Investor by Gary Keller. I did a lot of flips without really understanding money or the economy or the market just because everything was going so well. Um, you might be, hopefully you're not like me, but you might be a little myopic, might just be thinking about flipping and not looking at the bigger picture. I think those are good books to read to get an idea what the business is and kind of how the market looks over a very long period of time. Just to give yourself a little better perspective and try and defeat that when's a good time to start. Well, the market's always changing. So the best time to start is now, period, end of report. So I would say uh, wholesaling also would probably assist you in learning how to. But um, not only do you kind of, well, as a wholesaler, you should have a good idea of what a rehab, what needs rehab. Um, but then as you're selling to your buyers, you might can double back and say, hey, can I shadow you for the project or can you just allow me to see the house? Um, and I know like for me, I pay attention to detail. So as I'm walking through properties and I'm seeing fixed up properties or properties that need work, I'm taking mental notes of, okay, this is, or like when I'm walking a buyer through, this is what they're looking at. This is what they're looking for. This is what they're talking about. This is the questions that they're asking me. I'm starting to take mental notes. Okay. So when I start to go through properties and I'm looking to flip, I'm looking at it in a different way based off of the thought process of the flipper at the time. So for me, wholesaling has helped because it gets me in more houses and it gets me to see what other buyers are thinking. Yeah, wholesaling, if you're a good wholesaler, assuming you can be organized, that is the best way to get flips too. Because are you going to wholesale the one you're looking for? Hell no. You're going to do it, right? Right. Yeah. So you do. You literally have the first opportunity at it and you do have to know everything. I will say this, wholesaling, well, I think it make you a good flipper. I think it also make you a good listing agent. I didn't realize that being a wholesaler and running all those comps over and over mm. and trying to get tighter and tighter on the number because you fuck up a deal, you, you you don't get the ARV right, you miss an opportunity for a wholesale, you don't understand something, and you learn fast wholesaling if you're going to stick around because you got your marketing budget blown out, you're going to all these appointments, and you, if you're paying attention, you learn very fast. I'm going to throw a curveball here, though. 
And I think this is only going to work if you work for a bunch of savage investors, which I do. I work for some of the most savage motherfuckers in this area, and it's not something I considered, which I'm embarrassed about because I try and think long term. I work for people, when I sell their flips, I get to see how they did everything. I literally get paid to sell their house for top dollar, and I get to see a lot of what they do. So I'm going to throw a curveball saying you could learn more being an agent too, specifically listing agent. But I think a buyer's agent would help too because you learn their criteria as well, and you can potentially get paid to do it. I will say it's hard to work for investors. They have high expectations, but I don't find that to be a bad thing. I want to work with people who have high expectations. I don't know why you'd want to work for people who have low expectations, right? I like that they're demanding and it holds me to a, a much higher standard, but I will say a lot of people will um, shrivel under that kind of uh, pressure. You get hard questions, hard Hard questions. And then sometimes you legitimately just fuck shit up. You don't mean to. You don't try to. It just happens. And then you have to have that conversation, right? And that's different than when you're doing it with a fat Midwestern housewife than with someone where you just maybe cost them five grand or something, right? And that's, you know, how long it took me to do this? Like, man, I'm sorry about that, man. Like, so be careful what you wish for, but I have got now a PhD. And doing deals, working for all these investors, um, I've. It's embarrassing to say I've learned more about investing being a real estate agent than I ever learned as a real estate investor and a wholesaler and a flipper. Just because I work for so many different people, I got such a large spectrum of what's possible. So I'm throwing that one as like a, as a curveball there at the end. So not for everybody, but if you're considering it, I think it might not be a bad place to start. So. I'll throw that out there. Sorry about my man cold. Doing the best I can. I think that is all the questions they have. Um, did you guys have anything you wanted to add along those lines? I want to make sure that you have an opportunity to say something. Or if you want to pitch something to, now is kind of our uh, opportunity. I do appreciate your guys' time. I know we did it in the middle of the week too, which is kind of a dickhead move on my part. A work day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The three people that have jobs. Yeah. Thank you. So I do appreciate that. So I want to give you guys an opportunity as well. And we're like at, uh, what, almost two and a half hours. So that seems about right. Anything else to add guys? Uh, I don't, I mean, other, other than if you want to get on my buyers list and get some things, uh, take it off my hands, contact me two, four, eight, two, two, nine, four, four, eight, zero. Do it. Do it. Got two right now, actually. Yeah, I don't have anything else to add. Get on Eric's buyers list. <laughs> if you want to partner, you want to talk uh, about stuff that I've done, you want to part, you know, um, get to know me, so maybe I'll lend you money. You know, Feel free to catch me at the Renegade Meetup at Shields Pizza. Um, give me a call. I don't mind talking real estate anytime. My number eight ten four two three five one zero three. I got I got nothing. I think I made my pitch to wholesalers. Put me on your list. <laughs> Waterford, White Lake, Northwest Oakland County. Um, yeah. I, if any questions, send me an email or a text. Email is tomespropertygroup at gmail dot com. Uh, text at two four eight six eight six six eight three seven. 
if you call me, I'm going to ignore your call. That's, I know myself. Well I'm the last motherfucker who answers the phone. Yeah. I answer the phone 600, 800 times a week, depending on the week. Ooh. Yeah. Your iPhone will tell you how many times. If you're in my phone, I answer. That's true. If you're not in my phone, I assume you're trying to. I am a listening car agent, warranty. though. I do think part of my job, at least the bare minimum, is to answer the phone as often as I can, yeah. right? So I'm in a slightly different situation. I can't say it's my All favorite right. thing to do, but. I second what Mark said. So if you call me and you don't leave a message, I'm not going to call you back. Yeah. And as a uh, wholesaler, I'm kind of in the same boat as uh, Jeremy. So I typically try to answer phone calls, even if they're unknown. If you don't get me, though, it's easier for me to get back to you if you leave a voicemail or send a text so I know the nature of the call. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming out. I really do appreciate it. That was fun. Hopefully, we've maybe shifted people's thoughts. Use your job to get you what you want. You know, and if it doesn't, go get a new job. <laughs> I'm going to reiterate, though, if you're a piece of shit at just job, what makes you think you're going to be any better going out on your own? You're if you're not if you can't be internally motivated or externally motivated, I think you need to start there first. Figure out one and make one work until you can make the other work. All right, and I think it'll work out a lot better for you. So. Reach out to him, Jeff Lubeski, heartlandinvesting at gmail.com, 810-423-5103. Mr. Mark Tomes at the Tomes Property Group at gmail.com. You can also look him up if you like horse farms and shit like that on Facebook, Big Lake Farm EQ. Big Lake Farm EQ. It's beautiful out there. 248-686-6837. And Mr. Eric Friday. He's on the Facebooky at Eric Friday and Instagram Real Estate Friday. DETPropertySolutions.com. You can email him, Eric, at DETPropertySolutions.com. And as always, I do want to thank you guys for listening to this podcast. I really do appreciate it. Um, if you can share it too, I'm going to post it in the Metro group. But these guys take time out of their day to answer your questions. It would be awesome if we can maybe get them a little bit more exposure Share out, help them with their goals too. And hopefully that could help you with your goals as well. Go to renegadedetroit.com, meetup.com forward slash renegade Detroit investors or facebook.com forward slash Detroit investment club. You can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Jeremy Burgess. And as I wrap this up, I do want to take a moment to encourage you to take the steps you need to become financially independent. I don't know. Do you look at these corporations, these government, and think, man, they're doing a whack-up job. I should go all in on them. They're going to have my back 100% of the time. Do you guys feel that way? No. 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 I don't know how you feel that way. If you do feel that way, you're fucked up and you're wrong. <laughs> I don't care what side you're on. Just look at the evidence. We've got a bunch of dead retirements, dead bodies, and they're stacking up everywhere from the government to the corporation. You know what? Stop being such a fucking pussy. Bernie Sanders is not going to save your life. And none of these fucks are. You think one of these fucks you vote for is going to help you? They're not. You know who could help you? You. That's what I want you to do. I want you to help you. I know they're distractions and mistakes, poisonous people, bad habits, a lot of stuff preventing you from starting or continuing with your goals. You know what? Pick one. Stick with it. Don't give up and do something every day that gets you closer to your goals, even if it's one step. I do appreciate you listening. I do appreciate your attention. Unless I don't like you, till the next podcast, till the next meeting, crush it.